Merry Christmas, everyone. How are we doing on this fine Christmas? I got my Santa hat. Um, my studio is an absolute shambles right now. Um, I I hope. I hope you are all um, well. My studio oh. is an absolute shambles right now. Perfect example. Didn't turn off the audio there. Welcome to the Christmas Day with the Queens. Um, get those. Yes, everybody. Get the likes up. As you see, the, our boy, the goob, made a little hit piece on me. I'm not one to shy away from the controversies. Um, so... I'm not one to shy away from the controversy, so let's watch the Goob's hit piece on me. I'm sure it was very fair, Goob. Um, there are some rumors going about. What is going on? I barely know. I was on drugs when I thought of it. <laughs> I have to make some nasty accusations here, Danny. Okay. I know I might be biased because I'm, I'm involved. I deny these accusations. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Um, I just want to know, who the hell is Eric? Um, nice. All right, shout out to the goob. Spelled my name wrong multiple times, but that's fine. Um, welcome, everybody. We got a... I don't know what we have planned. I just picked up a case of White Claws. But they're warm, so they're 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 uh, getting cold over in the fridge. Like the stream, subscribe, all that stuff. Do all those things that I need you to do. Uh, please and thank you. I got. I hope this doesn't fuck things up. But if 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 something goes wrong, I'm gonna blame this. But I hooked up an external monitor, so I have my NBA. So I can watch the NBA all day. I don't know if that'll be distracting or what. I don't even really care about the games, but I just that's what I would have been doing otherwise on Christmas is just watching basketball. Um so we have an exciting we have an exciting day. So a couple things. Uh I will be giving away money in a similar fashion to that I did on the last episode of Low Value Mail. So you gotta be a subscriber. Patreon, YouTube, locals, Twitter, I don't know, whatever. Any of them are fine. A little thing as well. So I got some. I got a message from someone last after the thing last time, and they go, "Hey, I was actually the first person, and I got screwed over because." And they show me a screenshot, but I guess because of lag and stuff, you're it, you it'll show that you were first, but you weren't actually. So the one that I use is is the one that is the I guess master, uh, whatever. And if you go look at it, it's different than yours. So, anyways. I got my festive Santa hat. This might be the first time in my life I've ever worn a Santa hat. Uh, let's go check on Anton G gave me a $2 super chat. Thanks, Anton. Um, I got, I got, uh, I don't know if I'll be doing much weed. I brought my vape pen though. We'll see. But also for the first time and probably the only time I ever do a female dating strategy, the phone lines will be open at times. I haven't figured this quite out yet because here's the deal, folks, okay? We're losing ground on the Queens. We're, we've lost some major ground. That episode with Alex Stein and the ROTC boys was very fun. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Great time. But uh, 
we only listened to one episode in like two hours. And then I was in Toronto last week. Shout out to everybody who came through Toronto. Uh, those were some fun shows. But I was in Toronto last week. So I'm now down an episode. I, I lost, I've lost ground on the episodes. So uh, we got we to gotta make some up. I'm not doing 24 hours. Fuck no. No, we're going, we're going somewhere in the range of, it's what, noon right now. We're going to go around, I don't know, until, I'm, until I've had enough. How's that sound? Until I cannot take any more of the queens. But so I'll be giving away 50 bucks at some point. Um, so stick around. Uh, I'll be doing it similar to the way I did last time with a poll. I'll be putting the poll up on the screen. I came prepared, people. I came prepared. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to uh, I need to note. I don't think so. Just like the stream. Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you're having a good Christmas day. What What's the first game up we got? What is this? The Knicks? Oh, the Knicks stink. All right. I might even turn off the basketball. It might be distracting. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, give us a little like a Rooney. And let's get down to it. Also, go uh, our boy Chad. Turn up. His song is now out. Uh, Light Switch. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. He did not ask me to say that. I just did because it's a good song. And a lot of you asked me where you can hear it. Um, You know what? Fuck it. Let's play it. Let's play it once. Let's give it a one one play. Uh, no, that's Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. Let's see if. Oh, here we go. Give it one play for Chad. I think it's the first time it's ever been played, actually. Hey, they don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. And they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. Now we pulling up fresh on some tight shit. Ha. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. Then they tried to down me on some KO type shit. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. Now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ha. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. My guitar yelling at a high pitch. My telecaster telling you this my shit. Veteran spitter with the boss, nigga. They earth shaking my impact is seismic. I don't really think that you should try this. This is circus act. I'm on my fried shit. Didn't think I could walk that tight rope, but they didn't really know what I was comprised with. Spit the boss straight, leave a nigga astonished. The way I'm working, they mistake turn up for Amish. Solid like an onyx when I drop, it's like a comet. Well, you spit made me vomit. All your rhymes are hyperbolic. I'm really a poet, you know it. All my shit heroic. Empathic abilities, yeah, my face be also stoic. Blow up, nigga. That just means I'm working. They see me as a leader, so that's why I'm Captain Kirkin. These tracks from the stars, that much is for certain. You can feel this here if you up or if you hurt. I'm raising my stock, not talking my feet in some Birkin. Number Johnny Five got a fucking short circuit. Bring the track to life when I speak phenomenal. When I hit, she feel that shit in her abdominals. These rappers make me laugh like comic view, they comic view. You know I got a ball that I hit the track running just like Sonic do. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. Turn on my light switch. Yeah, now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ha. They don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah, they don't wanna turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't wanna.
to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. Then they tried to down me up some kale type shit. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. I'm pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ha. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. It's my fly, nigga, weird fly. If you can't see it, then maybe you need some clear eyes. Negative energy gets deflected when it's nearby. Throw you on the ground and watch a Native American's tear dry. Cause you trash, you ass. All that stupid shit gotta go. These niggas couldn't rhyme if you gave them a pair of homophones. Versatile, I'm good with the audible. Yeah, you ought to know. All your shit played out just like them your mama jokes. I'm not a boo, focused on the direction that I gotta go. I need my pot to go to get lucky charms and a lot of stone. Club guy style, you niggas rapping in monotone. On your own team, you are not even a starter. Bro. Coming off the bench with the towels and the water, bro. I've been in the game scaring my opponents like a horror show. They act up, but when I spit, they back up in the corner, though. I do not make cartoons, so I will not want to, bro. I'ma let you feel the heat. Spit on the beat, make it complete. Put the fire up under your feet. Make you deceased, then roll up a sheet. I'ma let you feel the heat. Spit on the beat, make it complete. Put the fire up under your feet. Make you deceased, then roll up a sheet. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. Turn on my light switch. Yeah, and they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah, they don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah, now we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ha. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah, they don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah. They don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah, they was trying to get me on my hype shit. Yeah, they don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah, and they tried to down me up some KO type shit. Yeah, they don't want to turn on my light switch. Yeah, we pulling up fresh on some flight shit. Ha. They don't want to turn on my light switch. All right, Chad, turn up, everybody. Shout out to Chad. Shout out to the Goob for making that takedown video. Don't appreciate it, but is what it is, Goob. All right, it's got down to it. Enough dicking around. So, stay tuned. I will announce uh, who will be in the running for the money winning. Um, someone's going to win 50 bucks on Christmas. I might even give away two people, to be honest. We'll see how long this goes, but... At least one of you. At least one of you. Uh, I hope you are having a good time with your families. I hope some of you are having a bad time with your families. I hope. I hope it's just all the things, you know? So, uh, let's get down. Let's get down to it. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Just like the stream, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, I'm going to turn off this Knicks game. Knicks trash. Trash! Uh, okay, so, episode uh, that we're at, I believe, is episode 43. Of the female dating strategy, let me just put this on one and a quarter speed. Who knows? Maybe we'll do, uh, maybe we'll do one and a half. Um, and we'll be skipping. We'll we'll hopefully be skipping some songs. So, or songs, episodes of the female dating strategy. Uh, episode forty three. This episode is Billie Eilish and how the media groomed a generation of girls. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, all right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Without further ado, shout out to the Queens. Shout out to Lilith. Hope you get better from your medical misogyny. Uh, let's do this. Oils are 100% pure and come from the best farms all over the world. No. Even more natural goodies. No. Hey, Queens. Are you ready hey, to Queens. level up? No. Pop culture relationship and... No. Discord, which also... No. ...on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access oh, to all start, this they're they're more, two minutes ahead now. Patreon at patreon.com forward slash low value mail. What's up, Queens? What's up, queens? What's Welcome up, queens? to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. 
This week, we're talking about Billie Eilish versus the porn industry and the fallout from her comments that she made on the Howard Stern show. She made some comments that were very a very personal account about how porn has affected her mentally, emotionally, physically, and her relationships, especially the young age in which she was exposed to porn. And we're going to discuss her comments as well as the reaction from our now uh, sparring partners on Twitter, sex work Twitter. <laughs> Social sex media, work Twitter. Uh, sex work Twitter. Who sex work Twitter. Yeah, different sparring ground. But first, to what Billie Eilish was saying. So what Eilish said in the interview was, I used to watch a lot of porn, to be honest. I started watching porn when I was like 11. Uh, I think it really destroyed my brain, and I feel incredibly devastated that I was exposed to so much porn. So Eilish also admitted that... who's to blame for that? They... She began watching more and more types of pornography, which warped her ideas about sex and relationships. It got to a point where I couldn't watch anything else unless it was violent. I didn't think I was attractive, she confessed. I was a virgin. I had never done anything. And so it led to problems. The first few times I had sex, I was not saying no to things that were not good. It was because I thought that's what I was supposed to be attracted to. Oof. The singer then told Stern that she began watching abusive BDSM porn. By the way, I uh, just so for the phone lines, the phone lines will be open in between episodes. We'll be opening up the phone lines. If you have something to say, I'll, I'll uh, put some time away in between each episode. We can uh, chat. Which she says causes her to now suffer from night terrors and sleep paralysis. I am so angry that porn is so loved. She has porn sleep paralysis? I angry at myself for thinking that it was okay. Eilish also slammed the porn industry for creating unrealistic expectations of women's bodies. The way that vaginas look in porn is fucking crazy. She commented, no vaginas look like that. Women's bodies don't look like that. We don't come like that. Uh, Brad Salzman, founder of the New York Sexual Addiction Center, said it's not unusual for children to first begin watching online porn at the age of 11. It's actually the norm, said Salzman, who has treated young men suffering from sex and porn addiction. Many of them are in their early 20s, not much older than Eilish herself. Parents aren't paying attention and porn exposure can affect them for the rest of the lives, Salzman said. It totally colors their perception of what normal sexuality is supposed to look like, and it changes the way they think that they're supposed to interact. They can begin seeing other people as sex objects as opposed to human beings. Yeah. So there's a lot more to this article, and they, and they talk to a lot more uh, experts and people who work with people with sexual addictions and porn addiction. And uh, overwhelmingly across the board, a lot of them are saying that this is, this is in no way harmless. <laughs> Obviously not to children, but even uh, can be very, very harmful to adults. I want to say, first of all, like... What she described was almost exactly my early teen years. I saw porn for the first time, I think, when I was 12, but I didn't start watching it right now. I think everybody kind of does at that age if you don't have someone who's kind of hawkishly looking over you. I was 14. I remember thinking, like, this is weird and gross (laughs) when I was, like, 12 and not really understanding it. And then once I got a boyfriend and he was showing it to me and then thinking, oh, like, this is, like, what she said. I was, when I started having sex, I wasn't saying no to things that I should have said no to. And, you know, Porn is used as a grooming thing. Like men use this to groom women into being like, see, these are totally normal sex acts and you should totally do this for me. And if you don't, you're a prude kind of thing. Yeah, and prudes. when you're a young woman and you don't have your boundaries figured out and you don't really have enough like experience with men to realize that a lot of them are fucking scumbags, it can be hard. Honestly, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's like, but I relate so much to her. I remember being on AOL chat rooms when I was a preteen and grown men sending me porn through AOL chat rooms. And that's what? how I that's actually creepy. started to look at porn. I was never really super into it. I think at that age, I was more or less curious. And then also comparing myself to how the women looked in porn and wanting to like be attractive. But I never, I can't really describe why I never fully bought the pornified culture that I feel like was going on at the time, even though I feel like all of my peers did. I think some of that too was just like my heavily religious upbringing. And it wasn't necessarily that I... By the way, I just want to shout out everybody over on Rumble who's watching the stream. appreciate you all over there. Didn't want to be sexy. I didn't want to feel attracted to men. I just sort of distinctly realized like, 
I don't know how to explain it, but I sort of realized a lot of the stuff they were asking was beneath my dignity, and then I just didn't like. Oh them come like that. on! Like, I was just like, I don't really, I don't really like you like that. Where I just, I mean, you're talking to scumbags on the internet. Like I was talking to like boys in my class that I liked. No, no, I mean like real boys too. I meant real boys too. Sorry, real I, boys. I, I didn't make that clear. Like so, Pinocchio. Um, let me actually clarify that. So the way I actually got exposed to porn the first time was through like AOL chat rooms with with grown men or whatever. I would just type in there like, "Hey, 11F," you know, <laughs> in the AOL chat. 11F. <laughs> Girl, I know. Uh, what? I would lie about my age or say I was like fifteen or fourteen. God, eleven f. And then like men via aerial chat rooms would direct message me and like spam me porn. So that's actually how I started getting exposed to porn. You want to know the first porn I saw? Actually, it was actually no. two girls, one cup. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Oh my that's god. not a porn. Because it came out in two thousand seven, right? It was it was like going viral. Everyone is that, was sharing it. Is two girls, it one cup considered a porn? I guess it is. Ugh. Thinking like, oh, this is a joke, right? Like nobody actually like enjoys looking at this, right? Boy, was I wrong. I am determined to go to my grave and never see that video. I refuse to see that video. Yeah, it traumatized me. I've never seen it and I won't watch it. Yeah. I won't watch it. And everyone was sending and if I cut a whiff that it might be a link to Two Girls, One Cup, I straight up didn't open the email or any, yeah. anybody who tried to send it to me. So yeah, no, I was, I was first exposed to porn. I'm thinking about it now and it's kind of ruining my Christmas. Like I said, through AOL chat rooms. Later on, when porn culture really took over, Merry Christmas, everybody. Over and like all the girls who were considered hot <sighs> at school or all the girls who were considered hot, you know, um, in mainstream media were really taking on the porn aesthetic. I wanted to kind of look hot, so I would more or less imitate things that guys thought were sexy, right? And so sometimes I would try to look like them, thinking like, oh, I want to like wear the body <laughs> body glitter. All right, I'm putting this on one and a half speed. This is too slow. These chicks started talking slower, I want to say, because one and a quarter speed was more than enough. <laughs> the body glitter and like the belly chains and all the kind of now stuff one that and a half really came out of like the porn aesthetic yeah, i'm gonna put on my low-rise jeans my tube yeah. top yeah yeah oh, the early 2000s what a what a crazy time what a time but yeah to be fair it's, that was actually you know also destiny's child was wearing that eventually so was britney and so the porn yeah. aesthetic stopped just what's being the porn, porn aesthetic, aesthetic? Just, just dressing like a whore beauty aesthetic but i feel yeah, yeah i don't know if that's as much of a transference today but i know distinctly in the early 2000s like the hot aesthetic was deliberately the aesthetic that was coming from porn. the hot aesthetic yeah only it was the early 2000s where women trying to look and hot I know, um that was what? detailed in the documentary hot girls wanted mm-hmm. with what's her name again sorry with uh rashida jones yeah with rashida jones so yeah tv and pop stars and a lot of the popular pop culture aesthetic was very pornified when it came to like actual sex because i delayed having actual sex because of my at the time like religious values i would sometimes, I would sometimes like sex with guys or like sex chat chat with them via instant messenger aol instant messenger um, were there any girls who were impacted, really like, who, like, saw two girls on cup, and they're like, I guess this is what porn is, and then they were, like, sexting with some guy, and they're like, yeah, I want you to shit in a cup, and I'll eat the shit out of the cup. That, because of the religious thing, but also because I, I think I just had this instinct that, like, these guys weren't that great, even the ones that I liked, to be, like, doing all this shit for them. I just sort of... I don't know. I don't know where that came from, and maybe that's the thing to unpack. But I, it's kind of sad now for me to hear from my peers that felt like really, really pressured to do this stuff because I at times felt like they would try to pressure me to do this stuff. But I'd be like, well, guys are just forever trying to get their pants, and they're gonna say whatever. So it didn't bother. It didn't like force me to try to do anything that I was necessarily uncomfortable with. Okay, well that's but, good for you, Ro. I'm very happy for you that you didn't feel pressure to do things that you didn't want to do. But a lot of girls, oh, that must be nice. They don't want to do, and that's the fucking shitty thing about porn. I agree. I'm just trying to figure out like how did the messaging go from this is just porn and that's just porn to this is what you have to do and be as a girl. And where did that come? This is this a skip? Come from the only way I can kind of piece it together is boring. Is because of pop culture, like pop culture adopted. We're gonna talk about porn again. This was the, this was the introduction of internet episode. porn. I saw a really great thread on Twitter. Um, she talked about Marshall McLuhan, who's this Canadian thinker. He said that medium is the message. Porn used to be a physical thing that you had to go to a store and like it would be you know at the back of the store behind like curtains or it'd be like covered up in magazines and stuff. And so it was a physical thing that was hidden. And it, the medium, the medium is the message, meaning that like the medium in which you consume something affects the message itself. 
And so in this case, like consuming porn, when it's like hidden, it's tucked away at the back of the store. It's like, this is shameful. This is not normal. This is something you should hide. Whereas now we have internet porn where it's like just one click away. You know, it's the same browser that you use to check your emails or do a spreadsheet or whatever. Right. And so the introduction or the um, blowing up of internet porn is what resulted in the normalization of it. It's no longer Obviously. saying, oh, this is something dirty that you should hide. I guess the question I was trying to unpack is I mean, to figure out like, when it. and why and how it don't, don't, go, don't be watching this shit on the uh, subway or anything. This is no longer a dirty thing to girls have to be doing this yeah that's what i mean it, it went from something hidden behind a curtain to something that was ubiquitous one click away we're on one and a half speed everybody. online and i think that shift in medium has maybe not is the only thing explaining it but it's one of the factors maybe i'm trying to dig a little bit deeper here but can you explain like how because to me when i saw porn and understood porn and it could be because of again religious upbringing honestly this, this has been kind of boring i'm gonna just put a poll up we're gonna start with the first poll of the day uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be a poll heavy Pull heavy show, not really. Uh, and I actually did this. Oh yeah, look at that! Look at that! Look, look at this! Hold on, guys. I came prepared. I I spent yesterday working on this feature. It's not really a feature, but. Oh, baby. Well, would you look at that? The poll is on the screen. Oh, baby. Pretty proud of myself on this one. Um, all right, we're going to leave this up for five minutes. We'll listen to it for a little bit. I actually got caught watching porn once. That's a whole other discussion. But, uh, Ooh, <laughs> caught watching porn. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a very awkward conversation with my mom. Um, I'm, I'm, laughing, I'm laughing just because like something similar happened in my family and we were super religious. So I remember how that went it was like a record scratch moment. <laughs> you want to know the fucked up thing? My parents gave me unlimited access to the internet. They did not have any like parental controls from the age of like 13 onwards. I look had, how like, I turned out. Unfettered access to anything I wanted on the internet. And I saw so much fucked up shit. I had like no adult supervision in my teen years. Okay. I'm actually kind of like pissed off. I actually wish my parents gave enough of a shit about me to get mad at that. Well, they don't. My parents gave enough of a shit about me to be mad at me for watching porn, if that makes sense. Well, I, wonder if, I, had, I wonder if any of the queens are going to show up so today. That's kind of the yeah, problem. In the chat. Even, True. Even my mom's really like strict scoldings about internet usage. Um, I was still on AOL chat rooms chatting with grown men. They were still sending me porn. They were still like, because you know, when you're that age, you're still curious. So you figure out a way to bypass those things anyway. And the more your parents say, it's it's bad for you or it's not a skipper you figure out a way around it and my mom actually mm-hmm. caught, my mom found like my brother's porno stash and he had like dvds and like we'll a wait one more minute porno stash. She, she found it one time when she was I'll just agree. she said she prayed on it and god told her to clean my brother's room for him and she found all this porn <laughs> so she claims to this day that like god gave her this divine inspiration to clean out her house oh yeah so, to look like, after she, yeah i wonder like, that's crazy you like clean out a teenage boy's uh closet so I question I'm, I'm trying porn. to get at more specifically is like Same. how how, how did it come to be that you can have different experiences with porn? Or like, what was the logically from thinking, oh, porn is dirty, porn is for a certain type of girl or a certain type of... All right, this is boring. Everybody wants to skip it. Skip it. It's the old skipperino. Thanks very much, everybody, for voting. Your vote matters, unlike the United States or Canada. Your vote does actually matter here. So uh, that that was... Uh, we already banged one out. We're, we're, we're catching up. Um, it's itself. Good for so us. So if you'd like... Act- Okay, so this might be a real stinker. Ah, uh, I don't know if we're if we're moving around here or what, because this is episode forty-five. But I want to say that that was just episode forty-three. But I'm doing them in order. This episode is sponsored by Simply Earth uh, Essential Oils. I use essential no, oils when I do hot. Oh, yoga. you use essential oils. Uh, I I don't know what's going on here. I think there's maybe some. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, so this is. Uh, I'm gonna say this might be a skip too. 
Uh, but we'll see. Lindy Lundy Bancroft takes the queens inside the minds of angry and controlling men. They call this episode 45. But I thought this is episode... I don't know what's going on. They stopped numbering them. They legit stopped numbering these episodes. So uh, made it a bit difficult to find. But what did I do with the Royce and Mersh? We did... I don't even know what episode I wrote down. Uh, episode 43. So that was... A, no, so that's right. Okay, so that was 43. That was just 44. This is 45. Boom! Back on track. All right. Episode 45, Lindy Bancroft takes the queens inside. Uh, playback speed. Um, I guess we'll go one and a, one and a half. Access to all this and more. Visit our no. What's up, queens? What's Welcome up, queens? to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Willis. And today we have a very special guest. A guest who we broke our normal parameters of interviews for, because we generally like to keep our podcast female-focused, but we figured we'd make an exception for one man and one man only. Oh, wait, this is a guy, Lundy Bancroft? I thought they were always calling this... I thought it was Lindy Bancroft. And that is Lundy Bancroft author of Why Does He Do That? Inside the Minds of Angry and Controlling Men. Uh, he has 35 years of experience in the field of domestic violence, both as a counselor, evaluator, and investigator of abusive men, and as a workshop leader and educator for women. His book is one of the most recommended books on the FDS reading material list, often quoted, often cited, often highlighted. Lenny Bancroft. Uh, thank you for letting me infiltrate your podcast. Female-only space. That's <laughs> <laughs> sacred female-only ground. But no, actually, I'm, I'm really glad you could be here. I, I, I love your book, so thank you. Thank you. Just to kind of kick off the discussion, there's a guy on here right now. The themes that we're going to cover, I think, in this interview in your book, but for the, the audience that has not yet read your book, could you tell us about your background and what led you to write? Why did you do that? So I started, you know, when I was fairly young, being a counselor for abusive men in an abuser program, and so that that's how where I got trained, and that's where I started to really be able to grasp the issues. And we got so much insight into abusers, largely because the program that I worked in, we did confidential interviews with the abused woman where he's not there. And you get such a completely different story from the abused woman because abusers just do. lie and distort. And I mean, they just create an entire false image of what's going on in that relationship. And so then when you talk to the woman and hear the real deal, it kind of like wakes you up almost out of some dream you've been in. And I think what's most educational or what was oh, most educational for me- this is. This is feeling like uh, I'm just gonna put this up right now because this is this is feeling like Skip City. Um, right? It fe it feels like it. Hold on. Oh, people are not happy with this one. Well, we'll give it a minute or two was then seeing the contrast, like seeing how he, the abuser, while he's in his abuser group, how he describes what's going on versus what I know is really going on because I've been talking to her. And so that became a huge education in how abusers think and how they frame what's going on in the relationship and just all kinds of things that we'll talk about, about why they behave the way they do and how they justify behaving the way they do. Then I had multiple people in my life saying like, You've got all this information in your head, but the, the people who need it are women, are women. So I, I was I was encouraged by people to write a book that really puts out what I was learning from working with abusers in the abuser program. And one person characterized it in a way that, that I thought was really was really good, which is she said that you're like someone in a football game who got like the other team's playbook and leaked it. And I like that. It's like yeah, I'm like a, an infiltrator or a traitor or whatever. Turncoat. The all the abusive men's secrets and strategies. I'm going to leak them to, to, to women. I actually had that same thought when I was reading your book. I was like, wow, Lenny's like a snitch. He's like snitching on all these <laughs> fucking snitch. <laughs> I'll end the poll when we get 100 votes. Or maybe we won't get to 100 votes. Or five minutes. I'm a proud snitch. 
<laughs> snitching on abusive men. Yeah, it's something to be proud of. I guess the question would be, I guess in the forefront of everyone's mind is like, why do you think that your framing of this issue was so popular? Like, because this book is really, really popular. This book has been cited many, many times. What do you think that this book brought that's really been missing from the profile and diaspora of books about violent men? Well, I think a lot of it is that so much of what's written and said about men who abuse women focuses mistakenly on what's going on in this guy's feeling world, like his emotional world, his psychology. There was even a whole book written about the psychology of abusers that was just like, to me, almost complete nonsense. It's A, wrong. B, it's focusing on the wrong issues, even if it weren't wrong, but it's wrong. And certainly there are behavioral problems that are rooted in people's emotional issues, but men's abuse of women is not one of them. Men's abuse of women is rooted almost entirely in how they think. And a woman who's in an abusive relationship works so hard to figure out, like, why does he get so upset? And why does he act? Because you don't listen. So jealous. And, and, and why does he get so mad? And all these things about trying to understand his emotions. And, like, how can I make him feel better? And she works herself, like, to death trying to get him to feel better. And it, it doesn't seem to do any good. And the reason it doesn't do any good is because that's not where the problem lies. The problem lies in his attitudes and values. The problem is in his thinking world. As far as I know, why does he do that? It was the first book that ever zeroed in on how do these guys think? you know, inside the minds of. And what happens when abused women read that is that it just seems to so quickly click. Because she, she's been struggling with the whole emotional thing with trying to make him feel better. So she, she's already felt like that. Jeez, it doesn't seem to work. So then when she reads something, it starts to lay out how he thinks. And she goes, whoa, he does think like that. And yeah, he does think like this other way you're saying. And oh yeah, he's clearly got these attitudes you're saying he has. It just it just clicks. That makes sense, at least to mm -hmm. me, because I feel like part of the reason that female dating strategy took off as well is that we don't focus as much on like the feelings or like why necessarily that men do things. We don't believe men's lies. Not, but not even just that. It's that like we men don't like take on our responsibility liars. to figure out like abusive men. Right. Whereas I feel like so much of the self-help genre before has always been about trying to understand all of their psychology. So you can almost tie yourself in pretzel knots trying to like therapize a person that, or, or get a person who won't go to therapy to therapy and also like overcomplicating the reasons why men do things right it's like sometimes they just do things because they can it's not necessarily like your job to go back in his childhood and figure out like all the steps it took for him to be like an abusive person do, yeah. sometimes with other self-help books or relationship books they put so much of that emotional labor on women and that's how women end up oh, emotional labor here we go with the emotional labor i think that's all true but i would just add that different kinds of behavioral problems come from different places and men's abuse of women is almost entirely culturally trained he could have had a great childhood or he could have had a rotten childhood he could have had awesome parents or rotten parents that turns out all right name the culture growing up in a bad situation is going to affect you in all kinds of other ways but it's, that's not what turns you to an abuser. There was a very interesting study done a long time ago that looked specifically at boys who'd grown up with an abuser in the home. Their mom was being abused by their dad or stepdad or whoever the key man was in the home. And it compared boys who'd been more traumatized by the abuse they witnessed to boys who'd been less traumatized by the All right, we're done with this one. I think, oh, the votes are going in the favor of listening to this a bit, but it's still in the 70s. Um, this isn't this isn't a particularly entertaining episode. Um all right, two down, Queens, two down. All right, now we are on, now we're talking, episode 46 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast titled Scamming Men in Solidarity, Combating Colorism and Racial Fetishization. Um, yeah, sorry, Rusty. Rusty wanted to listen, but... Um, this one's going to be good This one's going to be good I'm looking forward to this one uh, Hold on, let me take the stupid poll back down A lot going on here A lot going on uh, Okay, episode 46 Of the female dating strategy uh, Someone says just skip halfway through before dodging episode Well, it's, you know we're, we're, we are trying to play catch up here, and I don't know. I feel like I generally know pretty quickly if it's going to be a good episode or not. Because the smell, it gets me in my zen. I let's use essential oils in my humidifier, especially.
And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus monthly book club with FDS and feminist themed books. No. FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS podcast queens live as well. Queen. Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female. value mail. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Willa. And this week, we will be discussing the complex topic of racial fetishization in dating. Racial fetishization? What it means to be racially fetishized, how it can manifest when you are dating, and some tips to avoid, or some tips to spot when you're being racially fetishized. This is quite, in my opinion, a very, very under-discussed aspect of general dating advice and it's not really like surprising given the fact that most of the most popular dating coaches um, are often white so this experience isn't really spoken about true? as much as it should be uh, so so let's just begin with a uh, definition so being fetishized is in its most academic definition it means sexual fascination with a part of someone's identity uh, which is not inherently sexual such as race yeah i feel like people who are racial fetishizers always frame it as like appreciation Right? So, yeah 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 it's true it's true it's what if a- it is appreciation though what if you just love their race like what if you're like rachel dolezal or sean king topic because if you like someone where does the line where's the line right because if you like someone who's of different culture often you'll want to express your yeah also kevin samuels appreciation what? or um, desire to integrate your life with theirs by expressing some kind of appreciation for their culture but the question is always like when does it go too far when does it go from genuine admiration or uh appreciation for the individual that you're dating and when does it go to like some weird creepy colonizer fantasy thing <laughs> colonizer it can be very difficult off. to know where the line is and it is a very very insidious form of racism because it assumes insidious that, that somebody of a particular race will behave in um, a certain way and and those particular assumptions are what make you want to date that person as opposed to who that individual actually is i mean that's just garden variety stereotyping right there that you assume that people are going to be a certain way because of their race that's yeah, we, we do that with, I mean, I think that's just a human thing. So that's where I would draw the line. I guess if they start to ascribe behaviors to an entire group, specifically submissive behaviors to an entire group, yes. that's when it starts to get weird more so than, because yeah. that's, that's more of a You're motivation. You're just describing of, stereotypes. And... I want, or I feel that I should have power over this group of people or more desirability to this group of people based on my race even, right? So they're also, yeah. like they're premium, they're, they're giving a premium on their race rather than on this person as an individual. Because people are individuals at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yes. even if there's like general cultural trends, it doesn't doesn't really say much about the person you're dating in particular yeah yeah these people are are you know everybody's just an individual also all men are trash yeah agreed and it you know people sometimes assume that that people are assuming that that women of color are always submissive but it can also go the other who way. thinks women of color if anything i would think the opposite is women of color are the most problematic they're the most difficult not the most submissive I've never in my life heard that. Maybe Asians are submissive, like like East Asians or West Asians. Which one is it? Like, you know, China and stuff. Way, um, in my own experience, like black women um, can sometimes be seen as, you know, rough and, you know, super ghetto or really, really um, abrasive and brash. Like that's also another stereotype as well which does exist and which I've personally been confronted with sometimes. Um, I actually had like a guy say to me, like, you don't act black. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? And he was like, oh, you're not loud. And I'm like, what? Um, so yeah, that's just an example. What? I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be racist, but also, you know, go to a movie theater and 
example of how it can go the other way yeah, <laughs> and i'd also like to add it's not just white men who um can perpetuate this as well it's it can also be any sort of man especially if you are if you come from a different background or if you're a different skin tone to them yeah it isn't like just like an issue with with only white men um also just to put that out there as well um it's also possible to to be racially fetishized by other minority groups as well i find non-white men can also fetishize white women as well yeah 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 that's a good point yeah <laughs> a lot of women of color complain about that actually specifically that sometimes but do women fetishize like racist too is this just that are we just gonna arrive at the fact that this is just something everybody does do i do i empty the clip on black men here or later <laughs> do i empty the cl- whoa not cool savannah not fucking cool that's up to the climax savannah <laughs> Do I, should I do it? Should I do it? I'll do that. Yeah, like to be fair, it's not just black. But uh, yeah, no, a lot of women of color do complain that um, men of color will fetishize white women for other reasons. Maybe the submissive thing, but also because they feel like... So what? So all women are submissive. That's where we, we just took, a, what, two minutes to be like, hey, just so every woman is submissive. Having a white woman is like Shut a marker of success. They want to take a white man's woman or... Yeah, what? Like a status thing. Yeah. And this also can be down to colorism as well in a lot of minority groups. So the lighter you are... Uh, the more attractive. Uh, I mean, that's a fact. That's uh, you know, you can explain this away however you want, but in cultures all over the world, where there aren't white people, they still, for whatever reason, the lightest skinned people are the ones that's almost seen as like a status symbol. You are even within my. They 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 bleach their skin all over the world. Minority groups as well. Um, so it can also be down to a desire for. You know, for example, oh, I don't want my children to be dark skinned. And yes, I've actually heard people make that argument before. So moving on to the causes of, you know, what causes people to be racially fetishized. And I know that FDS, we bang the anti-porn drum loudly and proudly, but the influence... They're blaming porn for this? Porn cannot be understated on this particular phenomenon. If you look at porn of that, that shows a black woman or an Asian woman, you know, for example, you will not find a scene that isn't heavily steeped in in, in really, really disgusting... Um, like racist tropes you just won't find one hold on be right back i'm gonna go do some research asian women especially they are routinely routinely you know portrayed as the the sexually submissive um you know young women they're often made to i mean everybody in porn women are submissive generally unless it's it's its own genre of not submissive women but otherwise they all are a lot younger than they are and on the opposite end of the spectrum, the black women, you know, black women are, are portrayed, and even black men as well, um, are portrayed as extremely hypersexual. As Do not talk about Mandingo that way. As really ghetto and just quite sexually loose at the same time. So the impact of pornography cannot be understated when it comes to being racially fetishized to the point where, you know, I've had some of my black friends who are quite slim, for example, and then basically telling them that they're disappointed that they don't have a big bum and big tits because that's how most black women in porn are, are depicted as having that. It's, it's, it's really, really fucking gross and really and extremely rude. You can't really deny the impact of pornography. And especially in the case of Asian women as well and the horrific proliferation of, of sexual tourism, which, by the way, right, if a guy tells you that he goes to Thailand, definitely dig more into that because it's highly possible that he's gone for sex tourism. I've been to Thailand. Lovely country, lovely people. Which is basically just another form of sexual exploitation and possibly raping women as well. And children. That too, and, and kids specifically. There's a couple of hotbed countries for sexual tourism. And the it's actually a little bit different depending on the country. Like, so certain countries are more frequented by Europeans. Other countries are more frequented by Americans for sex tourism. And then other countries are more... Uh, frequented specifically by black americans or, or black people so generally a lot of the sex trafficking tourist hotspots whoa i don't know if i'm comfortable with this episode at least used to be places like the dominican republic um it's increasingly in colombia and the reason uh we know this is because they're all over youtube 
sharing this information. Yeah, yeah, Latin America. It's really sick and sad. They literally have whole movements. Reviews of the brothels they go to. So disgusting. Yeah, the brothels they go to, but not to Yeah, that's pretty creepy. If you're fucking, that is, you've just dedicated your life to being a real creep if you're reviewing brothels? Fuck. And like they call a country if it's been uh, saturated with male sex tourists and the local women are caught on, they call the country burned. Oh, this country's burned now. Meaning all the women they're caught on, th- these creeps are going there to get like free, f- very cheap uh, sex tourism. So they jack up the prices. Oh. Queens, thanks to God, they jack up the prices. Uh, a lot Queens? Of start scamming them. They start scamming the shit out of them. And also scamming what also happens them. is the local men catch on and the local men don't like that shit. So some guy, you know, people that turn up missing on vacation and stuff like that. It's not like, uh, especially these more dangerous countries, like uh, it's not like they just let American men go off the resorts and just start picking up women without. Oh, I'm glad you didn't say right? off the reservation, Honestly, you fucking bigot. American men who go missing while sex trafficking. Yeah, I don't feel bad either. Trust me. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. Oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. They get robbed and stuff. I mean, at minimum, they're just getting robbed because obviously if they go there, like, oh, I have a pocket full of cash to come like spend it on strippers and sex workers. Then. I hope they get robbed. They deserve to get robbed. Exactly. They deserve so, to get um, robbed. So just be aware um, that we're not exaggerating. Okay, everybody. If you go online, I don't think. Hold on. All right. We're going to start. We're going to just start our little uh, money giving away game. So the first person to type row will be the first contestant. Go ahead. You got to spell it right. I shall wait. No, you got to spell her name correctly. No, 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 no. You're all getting it wrong. And you got to be a patron. Sorry, you got to be a subscriber. I forgot to mention that, but you must be a subscriber of the show. Whether patron, YouTube. Uh, has nobody got it right? Oh, Uncle Crank got it. Here we go. Oh, no. Travis McNasty. Shout out to Travis McNasty. Uh, he got it right. Uh, is he the first one? All right. So, Travis McNasty. I don't know if... Uh, are you a patron subscriber, Travis McNasty? I think he is. All right, that is our that is our first. <sighs> all right, R E A U X is how you spell row. You should all know this because we listen to the Queen's non fucking stop. All right, Travis McNasty says he doesn't think so. So Travis McNasty is out. Sorry, Travis McNasty. I should have mentioned that. Uh, well, I mentioned it at the beginning, but I, I forgot to mention it again. Okay, so who got it? Uncle Crank. I should have. I should have said that earlier. Uh, oh, I did say it earlier, but I should have said it again. Uh, Uncle Crank, are you? Is Uncle Crank? Shout out Eric Allen. You can now uh, participate. I didn't know what we were competing for. My bad, Travis McNasty. I'm not a sub either. Okay, well then it's uh. I found who it is. Sorry. It is Corey Holder. Shout out to Corey Holder. Corey Holder, you are going to be contestant number one. Let me just confirm here. Uh, I don't want to give it away to the wrong person. That would be unfair. R-E, Uncle Crank. Um, No, the goob spelled it wrong. Sorry, the goob. Corey Holder. There we go. So Corey Holder... Is uh is number one. Oh, let me just write this down somewhere. Okay, back to the show. We'll we'll pick the next two contestants shortly. Yes, you do. But if you go online, there's actually whole- and you have to be a subscriber. Sorry, my bad. Uh, only open to patrons, YouTube channel like members. 
not subscribers, locals, all that stuff. Whole YouTube videos, whole YouTube communities, at least, at least those, the public communities. I know there's probably other online communities where they talk about specific places they can go now to pick up. Where these lames, <sighs> these really, really stupid, Ew. completely dweeby dudes can go and get uh, a lot more bang for their buck when it comes to sex tourism. Bang mm. for it's their buck, you say? Well do this. So there are actually uh, several countries that are actively fighting back in their legal system because it's become such a widespread yeah, phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I went to Thailand uh, probably like 15 years ago. And I was there with my girlfriend, and we saw, I can't remember where it was, somewhere in southern, like south of Bangkok, but we saw this, like, old man. He must have been, like, 70 or something with these, like, two 13-year-old girls. It was fucking disgusting. Um, it was, yeah, there's some nasty shit that goes down there. And we should support people who fight back against that, 100%. But what I think is also even more hilarious well, I is think... when ex All right, first uh, person who's a patron or... Subscriber or not subscriber member channel member uh, to type Savannah will be the second guest. Second participant, participant number two. You got to spell it correctly. You got to spell Savannah correctly. You got to spell it correctly. Uh, okay, hold on. There's an H on the end of it. There is an H on the end of it, and okay, where are we? Someone got it. Hinkle McCrinkleberry got it, I believe. I believe Hinkle McCrinkleberry. Shout out to the old Hinklester. Hinkle McCrinkleberry. Um, yep, Hinkle McCrinkleberry. Two N's and an H on the end. And we only have one more, although this will take away my ability to do polls to see if we're going to skip episodes. But um, all right. And uh, you know what? Let's just do it now. All right. One person to type Lilith. We'll have our three people go. Lilith that must be spelled correctly. Must be spelled correctly. Yes. Rusty Smackleford. Rusty, aren't you already in it? No. All right, Rusty Smackleford. Rusty Smackleford got her. There's only one L. L-I-L-I-T-H, Rusty Smackleford. That's our three people. All right. We, we, we got our peeps, everybody. So, the poll. I'm going to start a poll. Uh, Sorry, hold on a second. It's not great to listen to, but... Uh, I'm a fucking idiot. I didn't even write down the name of this. Sorry. Who was, uh, who was first? Who was the first person? It was Corey Holder, right? Yeah. Corey Holder. For some reason, I wrote down Roe. I don't know why I did that, but, and Hinkle McCrinkleberry. Okay, so here are your three contestants. Who should win the fifty the the Xmas fifty? One of these people, um, the fifty dollars. All right, pulls up, vote away. You can't vote. You can't take away your vote and revote again. So you might want to wait. Uh, you might want to wait to see. So I uh. In previous fashion, don't don't get too. Uh, Jesus Christ! Okay, we gotta. Let me. Uh, 
Get this poll open here. People don't like Corey Holder. All right, we're back. We're back in business. Sorry about that, everybody. It's just been uh, taking a minute. So I'm going to, if any of those three people want to call in, you can call in uh, if you want to plead your case for why you should win the $50. Uh, don't call in unless you're one of those people, though. Uh, otherwise, and I th we'll do this until... I think around whenever I take my break for lunch or some shit, this will go till then. So, you know, like three or four or something. Banned this. Good luck. Their willingness to, you know, to please them into marriage. So they'll go to these places looking uh, for a submissive wife only to find that. Mail order bride. <laughs> yeah, looking for a mail order bride. And then when they get married. Whoa, whoa, nothing wrong with a little mail order bride. He just comes and picks him clean. Queen. That just, yeah, that just warms my soul. We need to liberate these women such that not only are they not being sexually exploited by these men, but they're financially exploiting these fucking scrotes. Yeah. Financially exploit the scrotes. Yeah. And also they're not dumb. Like they can just, they've started to notice the local economy. So they're, they're, also figuring out but I, I agree and i think it just needs to be met with the kind of contempt that any other type of trafficking would right i feel like for whatever reason these guys think that this is some kind of love story and rather than like human trafficking which it is like getting a mail order bride is still human trafficking it's just like romantic romanticized human trafficking 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. and especially if you're bringing her over to literally cook and clean for you and have sex with you yeah 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 i, think yeah. I don't see it as human trafficking because they're women trying to take a person from an impoverished country to do a job for low or no wage is the same as human trafficking and human slavery you're not paying them commensurate with what a person would do from that job you're just trying to marry them and legally bind them to you and then force them to do this work for you as a condition of their uh, residency in the United States, which is human trafficking. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even though there is a, a marriage, in quotation marks, uh, usually involved somewhere, that's more just... Well, is arranged marriage human trafficking? Because it seems to be pretty popular all over the world. By the way, the number is uh, 646-710-0949. It's, it's in the comments or descriptions or whatever a mark of ownership and power and control especially if the woman's for example citizenship is tied um you know to that marriage that was just an aside <laughs> um so was that just an aside is it racism and stereotypes so so women of color have been traditionally um stereotyped and exploited on the basis of their bodies uh for millennia bodies. Uh, when the europeans invaded africa um for example the fetishization of okay so i've noticed something because the last poll is going first is kind of a curse because this is exactly what happened in the last one, is whoever was number three was running away with it, and number two was in second place, and number one was getting killed. So I don't know, maybe just number one. There's something about being number one. Of black women's bodies was extremely common. This played out, I think, the most prominent example I could I could think of was of a woman called Sarah Bartman. Um, if you Google her, she's Corey, known what's to going on, man? Like basically a huge bum. Um, and oh, what they did I was heard, yeah. they basically exhibited her like an animal mm. in a zoo. Um, all over what? Europe. And that was actually common, actually, to... I remember I went to Antwerp, um, like, zoo um, about six or seven years ago. And at the time, I didn't realise that only, like, 50 years prior, like, black people, like, black children are actually exhibited in that same zoo as, like, exhibit exhibit A amongst animals. Actually, like, in European museums, exactly crazy. that. It's fucked up. Uh, she was called uh, Sartia, also known as the hot and taut Venus. And that is the thing with with racial fetishization is that, at its core, it's deeply, deeply rooted in racism. Or, like, entitlement, right? Racism has many different faces, but one of the biggest is to create reasons so that you feel comfortable exploiting that other group. The point is the dehumanization. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So when we talk about racial fetishization, it's generally, it's, it's almost like never uh, racial fetishization for something that is, that would grant that woman agency and power, right? <laughs> I'm not saying it never happens, but mm. I'm trying to think of a situation where mm. guys would be like, I really like this race of women because they're um, very independent and smart and have great sense of humor. Or, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. I'm not saying it Jews.
doesn't happen because you have the weird like uh submissive type guys but even then like they're basically if you ask any female dominant what it's like to be with a male sub they will tell you it's a fucking nightmare because even still like they still like they're needy to top from the bottom and they're needy and they like to set the pace and if like they're not being what are all these terminologies she really knows what she's talking about top from the bottom and setting the pace fucking what are you dominate in a particular way then they're not interested and even that actually is you know predicated on on the man almost play acting um being treated like a woman yeah. so even that is very it isn't that he is being is anything not problematic is there one thing that's not problematic treated as inferior based on him being male he is enjoying the fact that he gets to to, to basically play out female stereotypes um of of submission to get himself off even if they try to characterize the women as like mouthy or independent the entire fetishization is going to be to dominate and disrespect her right so that's kind of the thing is that it's so often the degradation is wrapped up in the racial stereotype they're not racially stereotyping good things <laughs> against people it's generally a stereotype have individually less power yeah it's, it's a way to denigrate these women so they feel comfortable sexually exploiting them i also find that like when especially christian aranda thanks for the super chat he says uses to buy furniture not crypto it's a green screen man um, white men do this where they will fetishize not so much like the actual features of the woman of that particular race they'll like not her physical features although sometimes they do that as well what they're fetishizing is specifically the power dynamic like they like feeling more powerful mm. they like having sex with someone that they see is beneath them like significantly beneath them and yeah it's the it's the oppression that they're fetishizing which is the problem not so much like finding certain physical features more attractive which is maybe more innocent but um yeah they're fetishizing the oppression what yeah would you just watch monster ball or something yeah. I actually got that a fair amount in like. The I honestly feel like they're talking shit right now, and they're just they're like, I don't think we even know what we're talking about community. right now. Um, they're running out of juice for all of the BDSM community's faults. Like, you know, one of the times where they did like draw the moral line, like weirdly enough, was when it came to race. So some people engaged in what's known as you know race play, where they enact out um, basically racist dynamics, and that was actually quite common that I came across that when I was in a scene. It was very very disturbing. Just how write me this contract, Jew. Did they ever do that in race play in BDSM? Comfortable people were with being racist. I know we've been talking about the men in that situation, but what is the psychology behind women who agree to that stuff? Just like bottom barrel self-esteem? <laughs> Your ancestors are rolling over in their graves. This, like, I guess so. It's a sim- it's a similar mentality though to the women who agree to be to be subjugated because they're female, which is basically True. the basis of any DS dynamic, isn't it? It's acting out that or. And firstly, yeah, it does come a place. It does come from a place of low self-esteem because thing is with these BDSM dynamics is that you <sighs> are inadvertently reaffirming um, in the dynamic how you feel about yourself. So if you have a dom, you know, calling you a bitch, a slut, you're useless, you're worthless, and you enjoy that, that means deep down that you probably actually believe that. Um, because if you didn't, you would be horrified by it, right? If somebody mm-hmm. actually, if someone called you that, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" But if you actually enjoy, it, I'd laugh. On some level, you believe that to be true, um, and I just think just like you can have internalized misogyny, it's possible to be to have internalized racism in my view that's that's a good what? point in the same way that yeah exactly as you said this just don't make any sense to me they just use all the buzzwords and especially with you know women you know we are constantly told and you know that oh you know women are are inferior to men in so many different ways that women um, no. are are only as you know useful as you know men see them in a similar way women of color are also told oh you're not desirable you know you're you need to you need to change so much about yourself before you can even think about becoming desirable and all of that is then um you know brought out and and amplified within such a dynamic that I can, I can't understand, but I can see why a woman of color might find it appealing if it's reaffirming all the messages that she's been told growing up. So this is why I think representation is so important. Representation matters. Uh, representation yeah. matters so much so that women don't get into being subs and in BDSM. 
and racist be- what? positive representation because if you don't create positive representation for whatever group my head. is, uh, the dominant group will create it for you and it's going to be fucked up. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> white men will frame you in their frame of view and whatever it is is going to be degrading and fucked up and exploitative. So I feel like probably a lot of these women, if that's their issue, they may not have seen a lot of positive representations of their race in popular media or like the idea that women could be of their race, have their own unique value, etc. So they settled for being a sex toy for a, presumably some white guy. Yeah. Whoa. Why does that have to be some white guy? Which is sad. <laughs> Hanging their self-esteem on like whether white guys find them sexually attractive. is just such, it's such a failure of an opportunity to build. Yeah. Women are trash. Real self-esteem in the world. And I feel like that's such a failure of liberal feminists in particular, because mm. I feel like a lot of that narrative gets conflated with each other. If you start to think like, Oh, kink and sexual kink and BDSM is a way for sexual empowerment for women. Then you racialize that. And then a lot of women start thinking, well, this is a way for me to feel sexually empowered. And like, I have sexual value to people, which I'm like, just take the entire lens off sexual value to men, period. Yeah. Can I just say it's yeah. weird as fuck to me that liberal feminists will be like kink and BDSM is amazing. And they'll be super like, Oh, black lives matter, super anti-woke, super anti-racist. But then when it comes to race play, they really struggle to have nuanced conversations about that. Like they'll either be like, well, it's, um, they're just acting on fantasy. Look, People are into weird shit and they don't even know why. They're just like, I'm into this. Why? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but it makes my dick hard. See, they're not actually hurting anyone in real life. They'll, they'll do the harm. You know, it's not causing any actual harm argument. Well, the early morality is consent. They'll be like, well, they consented to it and the woman chose this. Yeah. Because they frame it always in consent and choice. I mean, if do women have agency or not? I, I was listening to uh, all these ladies were mad because John Mayer was on the Call Her Daddy podcast and everybody's so mad at him. Because he dated Taylor Swift when she was 19. And you're like, is she allowed to make decisions when she's 19 or not? That's the, uh, the only answer. Rather than the actual merit only of the question. itself and also the harm on the person or overall on society. Yeah, and they, and they just seem to completely remove the fact that that consent isn't given, like our choices aren't, aren't made in a vacuum at all. But even then, like there are some to- kingsters who will draw the line at race play. Like there are kingsters who will be like, yeah, it's fine to... It's fine to whip women. It's fine to call women bitches, horse sluts, you know, yeah. whatever, you know, call her a cum dumpster, whatever. Ooh, but if you use the N word in play, oof, too far. You're a bad person. Well, everybody has. It's like, you know, the prison stuff where prisoners, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I fucking murdered 40 dudes. But hey, if you like raped a woman, then I'm going to beat the shit out of you because that's where I draw my line. Exactly, right. So why is the race? I'm watching some like prison YouTube. Because I'm not okay to them, but the misogyny is okay to them, right? So that's what I mean about like people who are kinky. Have very- so fucking join a monastery. It sounds like you want literally like this is like go join a church or become a nun or some shit where there's everybody's the purest they can be. Conflicting opinions on race play, whether they're for it or against it. The cognitive dissonance is huge. I think we got blocked on Twitter by someone who wrote an article that was like that. Said- Did she say she got blacked on Twitter? Not cool. Um, what's, what's that unpopular kink website you were talking about before? Shout out to Hinkle McCrinkleberry. He just took the lead. So forty percent. Corey's getting smoked. Uh, any of you three want to call in? Give your case six four six seven ten zero nine four nine. You'll have a lot of time though. We're gonna. Oh, fat life. Yeah, fat life. Fat uh, life is problem. And I was like, you don't motherfucking say. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, JJ Lieberman. JJ, you want to come in and eat later? JJ, you can come to the studio if you want. Like, the whole thing was like, oh, this is a shock. There's guys on there. Like- All right, we got a call. Hello. Hey, Danny. What's it's up? Rusty. Rusty Shackleford, everybody. Smackleford, I apologize. Smackleford, yeah. Smackleford. Merry Christmas to you. How are you doing? This is the first yeah, ever Merry Christmas. call Merry on Christmas. a female dating strategy stream. So this is historic. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm Smackleford because I didn't want to infringe on uh, the copyright of uh, the other guy who died. I can't even remember his name. The 
The techno guy who died like a year ago. The techno die guy who died. Uh, um, McAfee. That's what oh, I'm talking about. Oh, John McAfee. Right. McAfee, yeah. Oh, but dude, so one thing. You know how you and Ryan have that bit about Jordan Peterson being like pissed off or like, you know. Uh, smash or pass? Like when you guys do the bit of Jordan Peterson acting like more macho, kind of pissed off and whatnot. Yeah. So, dude, there's this bodybuilder, Greg Doucette. I know Greg Doucette. Yeah, I know. I know. know I don't know personally, but I know him. He's like he's Canadian. He He sounds exactly like it's because he's Canadian. It's so funny, dude. Yeah, that dude is in him. Look up him beefing with like Chef something. It's a black guy, okay. another bodybuilder. Chef Rush, and that big, that big dude? Jeff, yeah, Chef Rush. That's it. And uh, dude, it's so funny because he's doing the Jordan Peterson voice. He gets real pissed off. He's yeah. like on on tilt, and it's funny as fuck, dude. Yeah, it's the same. It's because he's also Canadian. I think he might be from somewhere similar in Canada, so he has that Definitely. same same Canadian. So why should you win the fifty dollars, Rusty? You're currently five points behind Hinkle McCrinkleberry. I'm behind Hinkle McCrinkle. Well, that's oh shit. That's if I'm losing to Hinkle McCrinkle, that's just that's just the way it's gonna be, man. I'm too high to really make a case today. <laughs> what are your Christmas <laughs> plans? What are your plans for Christmas? Uh, just you know, dinner later with uh, some of the fam. But yeah, yeah, just chilling in this afternoon. Yeah, All right. absolutely. All right, so you didn't put a strong case, but you know what? Maybe that's like you're too cool for this. That's maybe that's where you're going exactly. for this. You, go, well, you know what? If it happens, it happens. Okay. Yeah, but well, don't don't expose my strategy because right. now now it's out there. Well, maybe whatever. But and what will you do with the money if you win? Oh, with that fifty, I'm gonna start a foundation. I'm gonna call it the the Rusty Anthony Fauci Foundation, and we're gonna bring vaccines to little children all over the world. <laughs> I don't uh, know if you could do that for fifty bones. I but, said we're going to start. The yeah, foundation. you could start. You I guess start you could get somewhere. the domain. I'm going to use. Yeah, exactly. I'll use the fifty bucks to get the domain, and then I'll use the fifty to start the Kickstarter, and then I'll ask for more money for okay. free. All right, and then we'll start getting those shots rolled out to the little kids all over the world. All right, all right. All that's that's uh, Rusty Smackerford wants the fifty bucks to help the children. Yeah. All right. Cool. Merry Christmas, dude. Yeah, Merry Christmas. All right, that was Rusty Smackford, everybody. Uh, be right back. I'm going to go grab a White Claw. We're back. We're back. It's time. It's time to start drinking. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's listen to some more of the queens. But are basically sporting clan hoods and asking for sexual favors. I'm like, oh, wow, really? Like, <laughs> Wow, shocking. These same men who, you know, want to fucking sexually degrade and humiliate women. They're also racist. More shock, like, shocking. More yeah, shocking. It was on uh, BuzzFeed. The name of the article, maybe we'll roast this on our bonus content. It was called, the King- this king site has become a hotbed of racism. It's from BuzzFeed News. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> Pretends to be <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I'm not really I'm not really sure though why people if we accept that that racism exists in society I don't know why people are shocked when people say that things like the dating world or or sex in general is also racist 
So everything's racist. And it's just as well the I think the general illusion of choice that online dating is given, particularly men, um, who start thinking that women are some sort of pick and mix assortment that they can just choose from. Like I've had guys, you know, say I want to have sex with a, um, you know, with a woman of every skin tone or from every continent. And I'm just like, yeah, I've gotten that from guys where they're like, oh, I want to have sex with a redhead, I want to have sex with a brunette, and I want to have sex with a blonde and an Asian and a black woman, as though we're all different flavors of ice cream. Yeah, they just don't see us as. I mean, you could just dye your hair. First and foremost, and they just see us as different, you know, flavors that they can try, and with each with each flavor and quotation marks being rooted flavor. in some stereotype that that they have of that particular group of women. And just even outside the bedroom as well, like you know, moving away from sex, you know, for a while. I've I've also had guys say, "Oh, can you make me jerk chicken?" Now, just because I'm black doesn't mean I'm from the Caribbean. I'm not from the Caribbean. Yeah, I'm like you're not even Jamaican, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm not. From the so Caribbean. I'm looking at that like, um, my friend Cohen, who's German, he makes fantastic jerk chicken. Some people maybe they just see that you're a woman of size and. They they say, hey, you probably know a lot of recipes. It's like, no, I'm not from the Caribbean. They don't even have their uh, ethnicities right. Because they don't care. That's the thing. They just see yeah, a dark skin woman and just care. assume that I would be able or, or willing or, you know, just, you know, come from the background that will fulfill whatever fancy that they have. It's like, fuck off. Joel fuck off. Rice, baby. <laughs> Did you say Joel Lovrest? Joel Lovrest? I can't, I can't say it right. <laughs> yeah. Joel... <laughs> Did I say it wrong? It's just Joel Lovrest. Joel Lovrest. Yeah. Um, Joel Lovrest? <laughs> You're like Joel Rice. It's Joel Rice. <laughs> I, I love it when Savannah does like the American accent. Joel Joel Rice. Oh my bad. Ignorant American. Is that how Americans say it? Joel That's so funny. That's so cute. That's how I've heard it said. Joel <laughs> What are they Sorry. talking about? Yeah, Joel Rice. That's so funny. That's so wrong. Joel 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 <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It could be that I'm just saying it wrong, but that's how I've heard other people pronounce it. So Make sure to get your votes in, that's everybody. Joel <laughs> Hey, queens, you know here at the Female Dating Strategy... Oh, they're doing mid-rolls? ...and the all-important necessity of getting regularly tested for STDs. 51% of people don't get tested because they don't want to bring up sex or STDs in discussions with their healthcare providers. And in two to five days, you'll get your... Thanks so much for our sponsors. Let's get checked. And back to the show. God Just damn. This section, though, in terms of the causes, the point I would like to stress to all women who... Um, all women, but especially those who... Especially the women of colour, is that essentially we live in a world where the closer you are to whiteness, the more conventionally attractive people are likely to find you. This has been proven in numerous studies, in anecdotal evidence as well. However, just because you are a woman of colour, that does not mean that you have to keep up with such disrespect and, and maltreatment. Um, you know, beauty is, you know, found, you know, within and across all races. And I and I genuinely believe that this whole almost race to whiteness yeah, that, that women of colour are, are essentially put on, it's just another way to to just create that competition and to create that, that struggle within the female class as well. It's weird, too, because it's not... I mean, to act like there aren't market forces involved in pornography where they're not giving people what they want versus f- being like, hey, we're racist. Here's a bunch of white people. And then people are like, okay, I guess we'll take this because if that's... Like, look, they have everything available in porn. It's literally every single permutation of every nasty ass thing that could ever exist with every skin color and sex and gender and all that shit. So for them to say like this, the market forces at work here and the market saying what it wants. Just that it's not just women that fall prey to that. It's the men in their group too start to antagonize women for not looking whiter, right? Or, and mm. it's really odd oh, because they also that. have weird internalized racism where they feel like. And I've seen, <laughs> I freaking I tell purposely all my white friends to go, "Yo, you talk way too white. Stop talking so white." In self forms way too much, but mostly, honestly, it's pure comedy. It's really funny to laugh at these guys because they are the, <laughs> like they honestly own themselves better than I could own them. A lot of times, like it's just like one big circle jerk of self misery. One of the uh, tropes that they have circle jerks. See, that's his own genre. Uh, is that for men who are not white they call them some variation of a racial stereotype from their country so they'll call indian men curry cells or asian men who are incels uh, rice cells it's that yeah what, <laughs> what? um 
Uh, so, <laughs> what? <laughs> most of these guys, they may not be like let you know not handsome by whatever standards they have of their own communities but they feel like because specifically white women aren't falling all over them then they're not of value and they don't value the um, affection or attention of women their own group while they call themselves insults at the same time so it's like a weird race racist thing where like i'm like if you come from a country such as india where there's like a billion people clearly people are finding each other other attractive and having children and everything's fine yeah but these guys are wrapped up again in the racial hierarchy so they completely disregard and discount the fact that there might be women of their own culture interested in it, it like almost doesn't count for them they still count themselves as incels because they want white attention yeah they want white attention but i want to point out that it's their own fucking fault that they can't even get women of their own race because the, <laughs> the curry cells and the right cells. curry i've never <laughs> heard of Sorry. South Asia, curry... East Asia, uh... has anybody ever heard of curry cells or right cells rice cells uh you know china and india are two countries where that have... what would be a jewish incel like a, a matzah ball cell had a lot of uh, sex selective abortions so yeah um, a lot of female fetuses were killed before they were able to be born um and so there's just a lot more men than women and so bit fucking shocker there's a bunch of dudes nowadays who can't find a wife because there's way more men than yeah because the fucking government of china fucked up major wait till their population starts shrinking in like 30 years women, uh because they don't value female lives so yeah again it's like their own fault that like it's their own patriarchy's fault that they're incels. Yeah. It's what... actually the fucking Communist Party of China. It's not the patriarchy. It's a bunch of fucking communists. I want to say. They, they'll try to blame women and, oh, women are racist or women are shallow or they're this and that or their standards are too high or whatever. But no, it's their own misogyny that's causing them to be incels. So I feel zero compassion for them. You can no. find these types of incels online getting really, really mad at interracial couples and literally harassing any woman of their culture that dates out. Yeah. So good for them. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, though, these same men that get mad at women of their own race dating out will also like rejects the women of their own race so it's almost like they it's almost like if i can't have you or if i don't want you then nobody else should want you like mentality. and that's when you wrote the panel there yeah it's very fucked on to the, on to uh, the last section of this episode so how to tell if a man sees you as a racial fetish now in my dating life my oh rusty smackleford is taking the lead everybody has become Shout out sharp, so i can spot them from a mile away and then and this is part of the reason why i like online dating is that you can filter these guys out super super quick um because a lot of them just have no yeah, fucking they'll just say straight up after saying hello i've never been with a black woman before and i was like yeah and you never will be block and delete because obviously like when you're with somebody interracially it's a great time of discovery i mean you find out things different things about their culture about the way they do things and it can be a really interesting time but if a man is only talking about the novelty of dating you in terms of your physicality or the way you look that is a big red flag that you are being racially fetishized i would say also uh things like now what about racially fetishized versus i I was gonna say sexually fetishized but like if you only have a certain type of you know like body type is that is that wrong or is that just preference i think that doesn't make any sense if they suddenly develop like an accent similar to your culture, like a black scent or um, a weird Latino accent. <laughs> or if they start feeling comfortable using like, weird Latino accent that are exclusive to that group. Yeah. Unless maybe he's like the white mic of the group. Cause everybody has a white mic. Oh, so it is okay. Sometimes when it's funny. Uninitiated. Sorry. I do read the comments. Because uh, so like, he's basically like a poor white guy that grew up in a, a hood. That- Guys, I do read the comments, but I got a lot going on right now trying to fucking work everything. It's so. predominantly inhabited by one racial group. So he's actually kind of grandfathered in. I know what you're talking about. I didn't know that term. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he grew up around those people. Like, that's not fake. That's all he knows. You can go ahead and give that guy some pussy because he doesn't know any better. He doesn't know any better. 
That's what's right, happening. So. Oh, that's funny. I've seen yeah. plenty of those men. I just didn't know what it was called. I yeah, so White Mike is the guy whose family moved him into predominantly uh, ethnic neighborhood. So he picked up all. He, he, that's literally his culture. So <laughs> that guy's fine. <laughs> you know, like Bad Baby, like that, like that girl on Doctor Phil, like from she's from I think Louisiana or something. She's, she. Yeah, we like, know Bad Baby, the girl from Doctor Phil. Cash me outside. It's the Cash Me Outside girl. Oh, you're blackfishing. She's like, no, this is just how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that had that actually had a term. I don't, yeah, I grew up with a lot of people. <laughs> I didn't know that had a term. I grew up with a lot of people. Shout out to Portmanteau for the twelve dollar fifty one cent super chat. Odd number, curry sale. Please open, open, please. Was like, gotta oh, open, yeah, guys. That guy's genuine. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about is something different than that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Mike Mike. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. I don't think it's so funny. The laughter <laughs> is pain to like, me. Like, <laughs> Literally pain, these laughs. <laughs> Them, oh my god. Oh, the laughter is just, it's <laughs> pure the pain. About, yeah, the sexual comments as well. I just find that statement super weird as well because from a sexual standpoint, oh. a woman's race has really got nothing to do with how. We got a call. I don't know if this is part of Hello. Hey, it's McCrinkle. McCrinkle, how you doing, dog? Pretty good. Merry, make Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Do you celebrate Christmas? Uh, not really. Uh, I eat steak. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, so why should people vote for Hinkle McCrinkleberry, who is now five points back of Rusty Smackleford? I don't know. I just like talking shit. It's pretty like, fun. Yeah, you just like talking shit. I mean, you should. Is I mean, is it? should they vote for you because there's something wrong with the other two guys? I like Rusty. I don't like know who the other guy is. You don't know who the other guy is, but you like Rusty. Okay. And what are you gonna? What are you gonna do with the fifty bones? Probably just eat more steak. More steak. I like that. I had a steak yesterday. Actually, it was pretty solid. Um. All right. So Rusty's Hinkle McCrinkleberry wants the fifty bones. Gonna buy more steak. What kind of cut are we talking about? Are you a strip man? T bone. T bone. Oh yeah, you are, you dirty dog. Um. All right. And so that's why people should vote for you because you're gonna. And what, what do you have planned for Christmas? Anything? Not really, no. I'm like a gypsy. You're like a gypsy. <laughs> All right. Fuck yeah. yeah. We, that gypsy life. All right. So we got gypsies. We're going to get you a steak. Uh, where are you at right now? What, what state Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Is it cold as shit there? A little bit. I've yeah. been using my uh, propane grill cooking steaks to stay warm. Oh, there you go. You got to be careful with that. You, you, propane or grill. No, out, <laughs> outdoors, right? Out, not indoors. Just crack windows. Oh, okay, I was going to say, because in, uh, I can't remember, but like 10 years ago in Toronto, there was like this power outage for like three days, and there was no power in the middle of winter, and it was like obviously freezing cold, and then uh, like this family died because they were running their barbecue indoors in their house for heat and not realizing that they would get carbon monoxide poisoning. Get some real good sleep that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little too good. Um, all right, Hinkle McCrinkleberry, the dog... Uh, is gonna more steaks and uh, call from Austin, Texas. All right, dude. Anything else you want to say? That's about you can, it. You can call Keep back on. in if you want to call back in later. If if the tides turn and you need to, you know, a last minute, uh, a last minute plea for a victory, <laughs> go for it. Anyways, thanks, dude. Yeah, have a good one. Right. Hinkle McCrinkleberry, everybody. Um, the last person so we haven't heard from Corey. 
It's the only person we haven't heard from, just like we didn't hear from Eric last time, and then Goob's going to be like, I'm Corey. I'm not Corey, and I'm not Eric. She is sexually. And again, this goes back to, you know, the racist porn tropes that are trotted out, that certain women of a particular race, like, perform sexually in a different way. And it's just false. And it's very degrading as well. Just someone coming at you thinking that you're going to be, like, twerking on their dick just because you're black and they've seen it in porn. Like, super, super degrading. No, literally. Like, that's that's literally what guys have said to me. And I'm just saying that's slightly just like i mean firstly it's a sign they're porn sick but it's also it's disgusting basically so yeah i, I mean that's probably my number one tell is that these like, like race chasers as i call them they race chasers. Very, very quickly because they're, they're usually porn sick as well and nothing's happened to me as well is like guys have said i look like these black porn stars when we have like nothing physically in common <laughs> they, they think all black people look the same Honestly, like, I mean, no, yeah. all black people do not all look the same, biggest, but can we all biggest. agree that all white people do look the same? Like, is if he says he only dates women of a particular race, and if he is especially disparaging to women of his own race, so for example, if a white man says, oh, and this is this is this is quite common as well. Oh, you know, like American women are so don't still this like for example, feminist bullshit. I'm gonna go over to Thailand and get a wife there. And men have actually said this unashamedly. Then yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Or they'll just you know find um, an Asian woman today because they assume that they're all submissive and passive and will just you know roll over for them. I also think that racialized minorities can also can also fetishize. Um, for example, racialized majorities. Um, we've spoken what? about the impact of colorism previously in the episode, and that is a huge thing. Um, it it isn't uncommon um you know for men within a racialized minority community to seek out um essentially white women to you know whether that be for their own personal status or if they just essentially harbor a dislike for darker skinned women and as a result of that we see this lot in rap music they will why aren't they just allowed to have a preference where they just want white women disparaging you know women of their own race as well that's a slightly different form of the fetishization because it's directed towards the majority group, which is the majority in this case is white women. Um, but it's still a form of a racial fetish, especially if you go to the extent of degrading women of your own race. You know, some of these women um, shouldn't degrade women of any race, like who are um, who you're probably darker than. I want to say straight up, if I find out a guy is colorist, I'm extra mean to him just to teach him a lesson that white women shouldn't be trusted. I just want him to know what. <laughs> no, women shouldn't be trusted in general. It's just women. <laughs> It's what they deserve. It's what they deserve. It's what they deserve. Female solidarity. Because here's the thing. Okay, I'm white, right? But guys, I'm white, right? I dated guys who are white, and also guys outside of my race. Uh, I live in a very multicultural city. There's people from all different backgrounds. Um, but it's embarrassing how many men will date me who are who are not white, and they'll say something really shitty about women of their own race, and like, oh, like, um, oh, this the women in my race, they're like. I don't even want to say it out loud because it's like, yeah, I, don't. I feel uncomfortable saying that out loud. But anyways, I'll, I'll leave that up to your imagination. But they'll say degrading things about the women of their own race and they say it in a way like it's supposed to be a compliment to me. And in my head, I take that as more. But what if it's true? It's like, I don't know. Jewish women are fucking annoying nags. Is that racist? Or is it just, I don't know. They just are. That's my experience. For a license for I get to do whatever the fuck I want to him. I'm like, I will destroy you. I will drain your bank account. I, I don't have to treat you like a person anymore. Just as an act of female solidarity, okay? And I strongly encourage white women out there, if a guy is degrading to women of his own race, that means that you get to be mean to him. That, I don't make the rules. <laughs> be worse. Be worse than what he's describing. <laughs> like, be worse than what he's... Exactly. If he's saying, oh, women of my own race are demanding, be more demanding. If he's saying, oh, women of my own race, they're so materialistic, be more materialistic. The sad part is, the sad part is, these guys are so racist internally that they'll yeah. take it from a woman who's not of their same race. That's yeah. the fucked up part. Yeah. That's in, in a lot of yeah. women talk about. Or again, it's just their preference. I mean, a lot of times people just don't want to date someone who reminds them of their mother, which would be someone of their own race. That is like they'll get a woman of a certain ethnicity not and suddenly all those behaviors are cute or they'll tolerate it from women who are not of their same race. 
and shows it's just a bunch of like internalized racism and hypocrisy and not actually about the women themselves. Yeah, I want to teach him a lesson that white women are not better. We're actually a fucking nightmare sometimes. I just want him to know that. No, Did, white women are the best. You're all queens. Did you tell the story here about your uh, stepdad's Asian bride that like basically Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so my dad, yeah, he has a second wife. Uh, she's from an Asian country. Uh, he thought she would be submissive. Um, she's not. She terrorizes him emotionally and psychologically. Uh, she has him completely wrapped around her finger. I kind of hate her because she's my stepmom, and I don't like how... <laughs> I kind of hate how she, she's probably draining my dad's bank account, which is going to impact my inheritance, so that does bother me a little bit, not going to lie. That being said, <laughs> I too would one day like to own a man the way that she does. Like, I want to know her tricks, her strategies. I want to learn from her. I want to be like her. I don't want to compete with her or my dad's attention. Oh, you want some of her Asian secrets, huh? I too hope to uh, uh, ascend to the levels of queendom, uh, ruthless queendom as she does. Um, but yeah, so yeah, my dad expected her to be like. Submissive. That does seem like a common thing though, where guys are like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get some submissive mail order bride chick who like doesn't speak English very well," and then it's like, "Yeah, your life's a fucking nightmare." So, also, she's quite younger than him, um, and he didn't get that at all. He got a woman who uh, <laughs> he doesn't even need to seem to realize or acknowledge how dependent he is on her and how much she rules the roost. Um, but no good for her, like <laughs> queen. Make his pockets hurt. If a guy is racist, make his pockets bleed. That's my that's my political <laughs> platform. Scam men who are racist, they deserve it. It is you have the moral license to do that. Scam racist twenty twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's just again, it's just another it's just another flavor of misogyny, and it honestly makes me so. In it, in it, 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 it honestly makes me quite sad that so many women or they date guys who are very very disparaging of of women like racially, because ultimately it comes down to a lack of respect and misogyny, right? If he can do that to another woman, um, he can and will do that to you. And these, especially these um these days, <laughs> these days, rappers days. and their baby mamas always find out the hard way that you know these rappers who who. I mean, constantly rap about, oh, I only do white chicks, or, oh. you, you know... Me and my cohort of crazy white bitches. Yeah, exactly, for example. <laughs> me, me and my cohort of crazy white bitches. <laughs> well, if you replace white with another race, then you're not going to be happy either, <laughs> so... They're going to pull up. Pull up. <laughs> crew's about to pull up. I will ruin their lives. Well, their crew's on every block. <laughs> no, unironically, this is how we will defeat colorism, is by the women at the top of the hierarchy just being so costly that the men just decide they're not worth it. That there's no benefit. But I'm telling what? you, they're so they're so brainwashed that they'll justify it. That's why I think. I mean, I've seen this shit go down. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but again, YouTube, YouTube, and like World Star Hip Hop, and all these things. There's so many um, videos of men who date outside their race, and these women will call them all time. They're called race traitors. Types of racial slurs and degrading things to their face, and they're just sitting there and taking that shit. Mm. So I feel like I'm fine with you doing it. Trust me, I'm fine. I'm just not. I'm not. I don't know if it'll be enough to break them. Such is the spell of. Uh, that just means we need to up the ante. That just means. We're- <laughs> Purses, wallets, nest the block. <laughs> Break his ego. <laughs> Reach down into his deepest insecurities and then twist the dagger in his heart. <laughs> I'm telling you, get 401ks in your name and divorce oh, right for the shit out of all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do it for the culture. I will do it for my sisters. <laughs> Solidarity. Sugar fucking evil. evil <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, get made and then, like, oh my god. Get made and then fuck someone white in their house. Do <laughs> that. <laughs> Oh my god, this is fucking hell to listen to. What is going on? This is not that funny. Am I missing something? This is fucking hell. Them laugh cackling. These are cackles. It ain't safe in these streets. Not with Lilith out here prowling the streets. I can't skip. We're almost done the episode. 
<laughs> we want you to know. <laughs> we want all these like racial fetishizers to know it ain't safe out here. Uh, it ain't safe in these streets no more. Lil's in a cruise. I just physically shuddered. Pull up at any time. <laughs> This <laughs> is fucking hell. Okay. <laughs> this is supposed to be a serious conversation. <laughs> what is going on? It's ridiculous because men act like this. This is insane. Uh, there needs to be consequences for their behavior, as we've said before. <laughs> It's true. Like, another women shouldn't entertain that. If you come across a guy who is very, very disparaging of women towards his own race, like, firstly, he's outing himself as a misogynist because, you know, that is, you know, the underlying factor. But secondly, he also has no respect for you as well. Like, he's trying to create that sense of competition and that sense of, um, you know, you're better than another woman, hence why I'm with you. But really, all you've won is the booby prize because he ain't shit. Exactly. If you say he that, he's the consolation prize, okay? He's not relationship material at that point. And it's quite it's quite sad to see so many women buy into that. They will get with these you know, misogynists and, you know, racist or internally racist men. Um, all men are and trash. They'll start doing the shocked, the shocked Pikachu face when he starts being a piece of shit to them as well. And it's like, they're not gonna... If you're... If you're watching a guy unload his, you know, misogyny, which is essentially, you know, what this is a different form of onto another woman. Rest assured, he's got plenty left. He's got plenty of servings left exactly. for you. Exactly. He's got plenty yeah, there's, there's a home. lot of um, women who've had egg on their face when it came Danny to Lee like is one that yellow bone. Yeah, since Santana, where like they they dated men, they dated black men, and I think they actually made a lot of very explicit colorist statements and also said that like oh black guys shoot them better because they're light-skinned or black guys shoot them better because they're latino and then these guys shoot them like shit <laughs> and ended up like publicly embarrassing them what are they so talking sometimes about sometimes women like they can internalize that racial fetishization and put themselves on a pedestal and then it makes them very blind to all the ways these guys are playing them mm-hmm. because they feel like oh he might have did that to the other type of woman because but she's not me and i'm this and i'm that and it's usually some kind of weird unjust uh, racialized fetish that is weird unjust pride in the racial fetishization of these like low-rent dudes and then these low-rent dudes act like low-rent guys like they're supposed to be yeah right like they've advertised yeah. they are and so a lot of these women end up with egg on their face and they're looking real stupid because now they're like the fifth baby mama to some like struggling rapper and they thought they were special because they were bitch you ain't black, special right? <laughs> yeah. no that's my message for white women out there like you are not special these guys might put you on a pedestal but understand that like it's not if the guy is shitty to begin with there's no value in being put on a pedestal by somebody like that yeah sure. um if you do attract with those kinds of guys you have to have a ruthless pragmatist mindset don't think that this is true romance anything like that like get it get your bag and get out and then humiliate him so that you come out on top I love that they're just like legit into overtly just scamming men. Don't drag them at all. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, yeah, yeah, don't entertain it. Yeah. (laughs) That is a new emoji, Zach Hayes. We got the uh, the no fear off limits. Yeah, Chloe Kardashian, who we actually you know we feel sort of bad for here because uh, no. interested. I don't know. well, maybe we don't. No, I don't feel bad for either. All right, I was trying to be diplomatic. I was trying to be diplomatic, but no, she. I mean, she's another example of like, okay, she got with a guy whose girlfriend was pregnant at the time they were hooking up, right? And then expected to be treated better, I think, because she was a Kardashian. He does nothing but embarrass her and cheat on her and have outside kids. So yeah, I saw this tweet. I can't remember the person who posted it, but they had a really great tweet that was like, oh, the, the Kardashians are getting the baby mama treatment in their own house. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Wait and like, she, and she's gone on her way to be like, oh, I only date black guys and I only have this. And there's nothing, I guess, wrong with having... This is like where the, the whole preference versus fetishization thing gets a little weird. Because I'm like, I'm yeah. not saying you can't like date what you like, but at the same time, it, it comes yeah. across like she thought she had more power there than she did. <laughs> if you look mm. at the Kardashians, though, they they basically made their money off emulating having black, traditionally black... Having curvy bodies, having BBLs. Of like having like traditionally... Wait, I thought we said that they don't. all black people don't have curvy bodies earlier, Savannah. Remember, you were angry about that part, and then now we're saying that they all do have them. 
Weird. Like, racially ambiguous features. Because they're all pale as hell, like, naturally. But thanks to tan and, you know, filters and, you know, stuff, they now... The fillers and females. And... You know, they can now pass as being racially ambiguous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny, actually. All the top of, the top of Khloe Kardashian was when... They, they went... It only took them one episode to essentially be like, yeah, there's... We don't... You know, races don't look a certain way. They're like, races look a uh, certain Justin way. Justin Thompson, like, released that bullshit statement um, when he admitted to, to fathering another child. Um, and he was like... I take full responsibility for my action. I was like, who else do you expect to take responsibility for your actions? <laughs> he was like, yeah, what, me? No. The DNA <laughs> test came back. The, well, he took the responsibility. The paternity test came back positive, so he doesn't have a choice but to take responsibility now because he's legally required to. So. Uh, and also, who else do you expect to carry responsibility for you? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I think, some, some, some class, you know, solidarity is needed, but that also involves people especially white women accepting that race plays a huge role in attraction and how women are treated because a lot of white women are quite frankly they're still in denial because it doesn't affect them or they don't think that race even though they acknowledge it's an issue in society they don't recognize how that impacts on dating Mm -hmm. well they're not willing to recognize that 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 that, that impacts on dating and you can have to the point where you can have a, a a black woman and a white woman who are doing exactly the same thing or wearing the same thing the white woman is deemed as immensely attractive whereas the black woman is you know ghetto trashy and disgusting i think i guess we kind of already covered that when we talk about men's internalized racism is that yes if you can have the same behaviors exhibited by two different women and it's perceived very differently by the same man because of him accepting certain racial stereotypes is true yeah or but also some racial stereotypes are true validating certain racial things so it is it is kind of messed up Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that is our brief introduction into the the topic. That was not brief. Racial fetishization, mental patients um, in dating. I hope this sparks a bigger discussion because obviously I'm only speaking from the perspective of a black woman. Um, it will be good to revisit this topic again um, and have and have you know women from different ethnic minorities and backgrounds sharing their experience. Um, but in the meantime, not white ones. Uh, yeah, feel free to, to comment your own experiences. Um, and I just again, I'd really really like oh. to reiterate that just because you may not fit the conventional standards of beauty. Uh, due to the color of your skin that does not mean that you're not beautiful it does sound really cheesy but it's absolutely true like beauty can be found within and across all races um yeah inner beauty there's two types of beauty there's inner beauty and there's outer beauty some people have outer beauty and not inner beauty some people have inner and not outer and some people have both it's my christmas say no message to two racist fetishizers and men just say no to them or just make their lives hell just like this well yeah either say no or destroy their lives those are the only two options. <laughs> Destroy <laughs> all men. Season. Happy <laughs> holidays. <laughs> option A, option B. You know, good cop, bad cop. You know, they should be grateful, actually, if I ignore them. Okay, that's actually the more merciful option. Uh, that's our show. Psycho. Check out our Twitter at Femdatchat and our Instagram no. at underscore the female. Hey there, all you true crime oh, fans. No. We have. Oh, God. Um, okay, that's the episode. We're going to open up the phone lines for a little bit. Shout out to Chad, just showed up. Um, Chad, Chad Song. Light Switch is out now. Go check it out. We played it off the top of the show. I don't know if you saw that, Chad. But we played it to start the show. Um, uh, someone said, will I find a new podcast to listen to for the new year? No, we're fucking way behind this one. Um, if anybody wants to call in, 646-710-0949. We'll have a brief call-in window. Very brief. She's getting the Trump impersonation game. Um, the next episode. All right, we got. Oh, I know this is old Jeffy. What's up, Jeff? Merry Christmas, dude. Da- Danny, Merry Christmas. Sorry, I was a little late. I uh, was opening presents because I'm not a mud person. <laughs> it's all good. It's all um, good. 
Man, I, it blew my mind, like, the level of double standard there. Like, they're literally like, oh, yeah, men dating outside their race are fetishizing people. Oh, but it's fine for women. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, that's they're, they're, they're a little double double standard machine. That's oh, honestly, yeah. The, the, the double think that they have to apply to their, like, day-to-day lives to make it all make sense. But it's but. pretty easy, to be honest, because their whole premise is they're like, well, women are you know, like infallible queens and men are trash. And if you yeah, start from that point then you're like, well, there aren't double standards because men are trash. Yeah. So, just, <laughs> so they can just apply that. Everything they do is trash. Yeah, exactly. Even when women do it. Yeah. I, just real quick, one last thing. I, I caught right at the very end there. Savannah had a little bit of a slip up. She was like, yeah, you know what? Blah, blah, blah. You're not uh, seen as like traditional beauty standards. Uh, because of your race, <laughs> she, <laughs> she definitely, uh, yeah, size confirmed. I think she's oh no, no, no. she she's no, no we know because we, well we we've confirmed it because there's an episode where she has lap band surgery. So oh yeah, that, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, she's, oh, a yeah woman no of, shit, eh? she's a woman of size. Yeah, uh, yeah, still right. got those high uh, high standards. Though. Yeah, of course, she's a queen. She deserves it. She right. deserves it. All right, Jeff. Yes, she does. All right, Danny. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye. Um, yeah, she deserves it. Uh, just an update on the poll for people who are listening. And by the way, if someone's, I don't know how I'm going to do this for the audio. Am I going to release a fucking just six or eight hour audio thing? I don't know. Maybe I'll break it up into chunks and stuff. Goob. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Danny. How you doing? I'm doing good. I just wanted to uh, shamelessly plug the video on my channel. Yes, I, I played uh, I it off the top. The preview. Yep. There's a full video, though, that actually exposes who Eric is. I oh, do a deep oh dive. I, didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. There's a six-minute a six video that gets to the bottom of who Eric is. Who Eric and, is, okay. Uh, you should take a look because I don't think you'll uh, you're gonna maybe want to have some lawyers on retainer. Email the link uh, <laughs> to the low value mail questions at gmail dot com, and then when I got to take a break, I'll play it. Sounds good on the break, uh, Goob. Who who you think should win the? Why is it Goob? In your opinion, why is it that whoever's number one is always cursed to do the worst? Well. They, I, I don't know about last time, but last Corey time it was Eric. In. I know that, but also last time, whoever was first also like instantly was losing. Well, so that that I I expose all of that in my video. Okay. I answer all, all right, of those all right. Questions. Don't give it away here. Just, uh, you, you but, nice but for this time, going. who am I supporting? It's it's really tough because I promised to campaign for Rusty, and yeah. he's such a good guy. Rusty even says you should vote for Hinkle because he is such which is a, a great good guy. strategy to say vote for my nemesis like my, but, my nemesis but Hinkle but... is warming himself with a grill so yes well he's a bit of a gypsy he does need nomad the 50 bucks. <laughs> i it, honestly it's a tough one it's a tough one it is a tough it's one tough. yeah yeah um all right well we'll see we'll see all right how's your christmas been uh lame i'm uh divorced and i i don't get along with my family that well oh, okay so. well then we yeah. are your family now goob <laughs> exactly this, this, is, low value fa- mail this is the low value mail christmas extravaganza <laughs> yeah. it's a miracle all right thanks goob yeah man Later, bye. all right let's goob everybody we'll go check out his video we'll play it we'll play it at some point um all right oh we got another call this is a new one hello hey danny what is happening merry christmas who am i speaking with 
Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, man. Andrew from uh, South Carolina. Andrew from lovely South Carolina. How you doing, man? Absolutely, my friend. Uh, Who are you I ain't got for? much to say, Who but you I will for? say I'll campaign for Rusty then. You like Rusty? Yeah, I like Rusty. So I think what I'll say is uh, as long as he keeps the pocket saying coming through, he'll get my vote every time. Keeps the what? The pocket sand. Come on. Oh, the pocket sand. The pocket sand. The pocket sand. Exactly. That's it. That's his signature move. He's coming through with the pocket sand every time. Pocket sand every time. Yep. Absolutely. Um, You got to excuse me. I'm a little deep into the gym beam. Yeah, you are. Actually, I'm going to go grab another uh, white claw. I forget off this call. Um, Cool. How's your Christmas been? It's been pretty good, man. You know, I've been enjoying it. I have a beautiful wife who's been cooking her ass off, and I appreciate that. Hell yeah, dude! Sounds like the dream, man. Hell yeah, and I got some dudes. I hope she's not. I hope she's not a different race of yours. Not because I'm racist, just because I was hoping you don't. You're not fetishizing. Or, you know, the unfortunate, the unfortunate side of it is, is that we're both mixed race, so it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. I wonder how that works with the queens. I wonder how the queens would see that. Well, I'll put it this way. So, ever since I was a teenager, I've been riding bulls. I carry a gun everywhere I go. Yeah. I wear. I got my heavy equipment hat on my dudes. I don't think they'd like me very much. Yeah, they wouldn't like you. No matter what race I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't. They're they're definitely classist. If I know anything, they would they would not appreciate any of that stuff. They would be like, nah. Wait. And the funny thing is, is you used to could be proud of being like a blue collar working dude. You still can you just shit on it continuously. No, you still can. There's on there's it's, there's nothing wrong with it at all. But just sometimes you get these chicks who are like you know because all they talk about is rinsing dudes and taking their money. So you know they're just they're on a different wavelength. But again, you have a lovely wife, and they're gonna all die alone. So which is, something to be know, said about that. To to. There's something, something to be said to. about that, right? There is something I saw in Saudi Arabia, they have like a 300 women for every 100 men. So, I mean, they move over there. They'll have their pickings. They got money and they got fucking three for every one of them. <laughs> but they don't want to do that, of no. course. No. No. Saudi think... Arabia is not beckoning for the big fat chick with the booty shorts and the gross stomach. So. No. And also, I don't think they're going to like it when they throw the tarp over them, you know. But it's a beautiful tarp. It's got holes in it. I really don't yeah. think you have that much to complain about. I wonder about. how hot it is sometimes. It must be pretty hot. Uh, just yeah, the fact that it's they got the oil 120, the little... 120 degrees and they're wearing black outside, but I don't know. Maybe. And they probably have those fans, you know, how they and mascot hits, how they have those little fans, like the your L- face? Yeah, 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 like the the battery powered fans. Like they that. gotta have one of those built in, that's why it looks billowy because it's all being filled at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool, buddy. Merry Christmas. Thanks it's been for great to talk to you, Danny. Yeah. Take it easy, brother. Take it easy. All right, uh, I'm going to go grab a White Claw. Be right back. Hello. Hey, Danny, it's Maurice from Denver. Maurice from Denver. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good. Just walking around the city. You know, cities are so Mary... quiet on big holidays. Oh, so you nice. should see New York right now. It's eerie. It's eerie. Oh. Mary... It reminds me of like when COVID was at times. Like, oh, there's no traffic. Everything's quiet. Kind of is like that. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah. How's your Merry day Christmas. drinking going? Uh, it's good. I'm on number two. Nothing nice. too crazy. Uh, I got 
Oh, I forgot I paused the basketball game. I got the Knicks game on over here. Holiday season. Oops. You make any bets? No. No, I'm just watching. I, I'm okay, not even nice. really watching that much. I don't give a shit about the Knicks or the Sixers. The Raptors uh, are my team. They don't play today, though. Uh, so you just have background noise right now. Yeah, it's honestly not even background noise. So I'm doing this stream and I'm watching this podcast. I just have it on in the periphery, if you will, you know? So what yeah, do you, yeah. wh- who are you voting for? Did you vote yet? I did vote yet. And I do. I was thinking about, like, maybe w- wondering why the top person gets fucked. Yeah. Because, you know, like, naturally... You kind of look middle and down, at least on a smartphone, I was thinking. Maybe. So you're like, oh, the top person, I don't want to reach for that. Yeah, maybe. I guess, yeah, because your thumb is at the bottom. So, yeah, yeah maybe. It's actually, on a smartphone, first is the furthest away. I didn't think exactly. about that. We want that might be a, that might be a legit explanation. Yeah. Uh, I voted for Hinkley, though. I just really like the name. Kind yeah. of sounds like some guy that came from like a gold mine. <laughs> yeah, I want him to get the steak. I want him to get the steak and his, and hopefully not kill himself uh, grilling, <laughs> grilling in his van. We'll see. Um, all right, Maurice, thanks, buddy. I'm gonna get back to this. Yeah, show. have a good day, man. Merry Bye. Christmas, dude. Maurice from Denver, everybody. Ah, uh, all right. Next up is episode 47 of okay we're gonna we're gonna shut down the phone lines everybody thanks for calling in oh we got another call okay we'll, we'll take this call last last call and then back to the show hello merry christmas thanks for calling the female dating strategy hey podcast. merry christmas it's not the female dating strategy podcast i don't even know what to call this merry christmas how's it going yeah, I wanted to say uh, merry uh, hanukkah Kwanzmadan to all the scrotes out there yes yes it's not ramadan though but it is Kwanzaa tomorrow. I've never met anybody who actually celebrates Kwanzaa, though. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a common uh, thing, but it's, it's Kwanzaa starts uh, tomorrow. No, as anyway, Kwanzaa cares? starts tomorrow, as does the World Junior Hockey Tournament, which you cannot really watch in America. Uh, that's only uh, only Canadians will care about that. But uh, what's up? How's it going? I just wanted to wish you a merry merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. What do you got planned for Christmas? You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm hanging with the scrotes right now. But, nice. Uh, I, I do have dinner dinner later with the in laws, but uh, yeah, just been uh, enjoying a nice quiet morning nice. here with the dogs. Nice. Do you uh, do you like your in laws? Yeah, my in laws are cool. Nice. All right, that's good. I feel like yeah. some people are like dread it. They're like, oh, I gotta hang out with the in laws. You know that they they've been a lot cooler than than uh, my regular family this year. So. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. Yeah. Your ado- your adopted family is better than the the regular one. Right, right. Uh, all right, I feel you. Who are you voting for? Uh, I voted for Hinkle and Crinkleberry. Nice. Okay. Okay. Do you have yeah, any? Yeah. Do, you, do you have any? Do you vote? Did you vote on a mobile device on your phone? I did vote on a mobile device. Okay, so there might be something was... to what Marie said. Whereas the first person is actually the third; they're furthest away. I actually voted for McCrinkleberry because I like uh, Key and Peele. Oh, okay. That's why. Okay. I like yeah, Key and Peele, just, too. It was just a... Yeah, it's just a straight Key and Peele. Like yeah, big, you know what? Just like anything, people have the reasons for why they vote, and there's no real, you know, there's there's different reasons. No, yeah, it, it wasn't It wasn't like instinctual or anything. I, I actually saw Shackleford last, and I was like, ah, I should have yeah. voted for him, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah people already, have... That's a thing, too. Corey is, Corey is legitimately disadvantaged in the fact that... The other two people are like essentially, you know, they're from TV shows. They're TV references. So people have 
these affinities to I these shows. On that. Yeah. And then additionally, I would add um, that it might be that people in the chat uh, have a resentment toward Corey because he was the first one who uh, was uh, selected. Possibly. So, yeah, that is. Yeah. That's just my thought. Yeah, and Corey's anyway. saying, I guess that's his real name, and then everybody's like, "Why are you using your real name?" That's what Hinkle McCrinkleberry said. I yeah, don't know. I definitely, don't I don't know. Use my real name on the internet. Yeah, I mean, I do because of this, but yeah, definitely. Right, right. right I got but... some murders. Let's just say that. Um, all right, right. Dude. Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining. All right, all limits. All limits, baby. This stream is entirely limits. Uh, okay, back to the show. We'll open the phone lines up a little later. It is. Oh, it's already one forty-five. Where does the time go? Where does the time go? I'm on my second claw. Uh, this next episode is called Catfight. Overcoming, overcoming conflicts with other women. Uh, let's just crank this up on one point five speed. Oh, let's a new go. podcast to recommend for you. It's True Crime in the Fifty, a podcast that takes a look at. No, we don't want another True Crime podcast. Slash the female dating strategy, where you can find weekly with FDS and feminist themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, no. mugs. What's up, Queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. What's up, Queens? The meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And today, we are going to be talking about a much-requested topic, how to resolve conflict with other women. And I actually want to say, in terms of terminology, this episode is actually going to be about overcoming conflicts with women not resolving, okay? This is not a sit-down-with-your-bully-and-talk-about-your-feelings type of episode, okay? This is about how to set up social situations in such a way that you will come out on top. So there's this problem under patriarchy where women... Are- oh, it's the patriarchy's fault. Oh, women being catty to one another and not being able to get along. Hey, guys, in case you forgot, that's men's fault. Encouraged to be cooperative with men and competitive with women. And in my view, if we want to defeat the patriarchy, we need to do the opposite. We need to cooperate with other women whenever possible and be less cooperative with men. And I got the idea for this episode when I was... It was just offline. I was talking with Rowan L for the Political Strategy Podcast. Ro, do you want to like plug our political strategy podcast real quick yes <laughs> every monday new episodes <laughs> female political strategy it's basically the same ethos of fds about ruthless female self-interest from a broader perspective so we get to talk about a lot of the subjects that are outside of sex and dating that affect women on that podcast so highly recommend you check it out yeah so while we were in the you know war room for female political strategy me Ro, and al we were talking about how do we build alliances with women how do we sow discord between men so that women can rise this is literally and- why Reality shows do so well, by the way, is because this is just how women, you get a bunch of them on the show and they're all scheming. Defeat the patriarchy and so on. And so as I was talking about these strategies, Rowan was like, you know what this really reminds me of? This reminds me of Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power. And I hadn't, I had, at that time, I had not read it. And actually still haven't read it. I just looked at the wiki summary. It's very long. It is. Yeah. It's pretty good. But, and there's also, there's also laws and tactics that contradict each other. So it's really, it's really oh, interesting. Oh, you like contradictions, ladies? Yeah. Please? And I have to say, like, I read just the laws and like a brief summary of each one. And to be honest, I was actually pretty disappointed because it really did not match up with my own personal experience. Like as I'm reading this, I'm thinking this might work if a man was using it on a man or if a man was using it on a woman. But I find in my personal experience, um, I mean, first of all, a lot of these, the strategies in the 48 laws of power are coercive or abusive. And if a man ever treated me like that, I'd probably run for the hills. If a woman treated me like that, <laughs> doubly so, right? And I, I just find in my personal experience in work and in school um, that women tend to have a very negative reaction to other women who use these sorts of coercive and abusive strategies. The unfortunate thing, the sad thing is that a lot of women, if a man was using these strategies on them, they'd be like a total pick me for him, but uh, they don't. Don't uh, be a pick me. Woman uses it. Well, it's, it's a lot of like dark triad stuff, right? Yeah. I don't necessarily think everyone responds positively. And in fact, if you read a lot of the comments of the book, it's, it's I mean, it's a sociopath manual. I kind of looked at it as a means to understand the types of political machinations that people do to gain power, right? It, it helps you understand why people do certain things, but it's really hard to pull off if you're not yourself a narcissist or a sociopath. True. So I feel like a lot of people who criticize the book criticize it for that reason, where it's like, man, this is actually horrifying that there are people out there like that. But it's like, you, you might as well know the devil's playbook, right? I actually appreciate it for that. But true. That's a good point. But I do feel like this, because we talked about like the red flag books, I kind of 
feel like that's somewhat of a red flag book, if, at least a yellow flag. If a man's read it. <laughs> yeah. Not if he's read it. But if he likes it. But like the guys that, yeah, the guys that like aspire to that, like they basically treat it like it's their Bible, mm. run from those guys. It's, yeah. it's a fuckboy manual and they, they aspire to unnatural. I will say the of, best. Uh, control and power. Yeah. The most valuable part of 48 Laws of Power I haven't read all of it is basically just to know the tricks so that when people are using them on you. Levels of like sociopathy to get the respect and power that you want as well, mm-hmm. as this episode will explain in more detail. Exactly. So I, that's actually such a good point because I feel like 48 Laws of Power, it's very good for understanding when people are trying to have one over on you. So like understanding your shitty sociopathic boss, understanding, uh, you know, shitty sociopathic political pick and so on, right? Um, it can be useful in that area, but like, I, for me personally, yeah, it is really hard to pull these off if you have a conscience. And unfortunately, I do have a conscience, so kind of have to work with what you've got. Or it's just a lot of energy if it's not second nature to you, right? Like with narcissists and sociopaths, it's second nature for them to be like that versus a person who's not socialized that way becomes an effort. It's like, Take yeah. brain power, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, man, fuck this. Like, I don't want to do it that bad. And that's why the psychopaths always win. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. With this episode, my hope is that win. we're going to talk about how to deal with women who are like that, right? Because I find with men, there's a certain, there's one way to deal with it. But with women, I have a, I think it plays out a little bit differently, like, uh, you know, female social hierarchies and so on. But in my personal experience, I find- Once I listen at 1.5 speed, by the way, it doesn't, doesn't seem fast at all. I find that anytime I've ever tried to be sort of like bossy, so to speak, around other women. Uh, they tend to see me as a threat and that just makes me a lot of enemies and, and ends up backfiring massively. So I think with women, if we if women as a collective want to gain power, like as a class of people, like as a sex class, we need to use a different set sex of strategies class. than what is outlined in the 48 Laws of Power. So yeah, no, it's okay. not fair, but you know, if you want to win, you got to learn to play the game. I just want to have a few caveats before I get into like the meat of this episode, which is that to be honest, I actually don't experience a ton of conflict with women because whenever possible, I try to prevent it from happening in the first place. And that's actually one of the core messages of this episode is it is very difficult to fix a relationship once once you've made a bad impression with someone, like first impressions matter, it can be difficult to patch things up once you've gotten off on the wrong foot. And so as I go through my five main strategies, it's going to progress from prevention to more and more active conflict. Five strategies? Five strategies. The ones earlier in the list are going to Fuck give you more off. bang for your buck, so to speak, and the ones later are like um, may have limited application. So first step, before we get into five strategies, I want to say it is important to identify the problem. Is she just going to talk this whole episode? Does nobody else? If you're in a conflict with another woman. When you're having conflicts with people in general, whether it's with a man or a woman, it's important to have strategic empathy. And by strategic empathy, I mean understanding the motivations of the other person in a conflict. I find often when people get in fights with others, they just sort of demonize the other person, go like, oh, they're just like catty bitches who hate me for no reason. Although that can happen. Like there are women who are like that. I find in most cases. No, there's never catty bitches who hate women for no conflicts between women can be usually like either circumstantial or because of there's some kind of power struggle there's four common scenarios i wrote down that i've personally experienced a lot of which is like a power struggle like queen b versus queen b scenario two is higher status women or multiple higher status women and by higher status i mean like they're either older than you more powerful or they've been working there longer bullying one woman because she's either like a rising star and they see her as a threat or they just think she's like easy to pick on and so they all kind of like gang up on her um the third scenario is ankle biter so like lower status person who's jealous undermining wants to like they get a sort of like sadistic sort of pleasure from like taking down you know a person who's more successful than them jesus free us all from all of these people because it's just such a waste of your energy. I mean, I know I'm not to interrupt, but I hear what you're saying and I've experienced all of these things. And then I'm like, it, at some point you have to just think about how much of your life are you wasting doing this? But people, I guess, I guess there's office politics and people get sucked into it, but I hope to God. Speaking and of this wasting is why I my life on your fucking podcast. It's like, you just don't have to give a fuck about that. That's why I, I partially never want to go back to an office if I can avoid it. <laughs> yeah. But you just don't have to deal with oh, shit. Like, yeah. You know, but go ahead. Sorry, Liz, my little rant. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll just say my fourth point and then respond to what you said. So fourth scenario that I find really common is where this happens to me a lot, actually, sadly, where I think someone is my friend or my ally but it turns out she's actually been secretly undermining me behind my back and that's always sad when that happens because it can be really hard to detect um but we'll get into how i've managed to queen shit resolve that um but in terms of like office politics i gotta say before the pandemic i hate to admit this but i was actually really good at office politics like so that's one of the things i kind of missed. oh oh you hate to admit it because you're a fucking two-faced weasel talking all this shit about you're literally this is your episode is about this and then you're like oh but i was also good at this (laughs) That's one thing I kind of missed <laughs> the pandemic. It's like, God damn it, I can't, like, it does make it harder to network, though. I'd also just like to add as well, there's, a, there's another, like, common scenario to a conflict with other women that, that I've encountered, and that's just a general misunderstanding. And 
how you handle that can be the difference between it just remaining a misunderstanding that you get over or just becoming absolutely nuclear. I mean, I personally haven't really been on the receiving end of the other four that Lilith set out. I mean, and like when I was, I just got myself out of that situation. And when I see that person, I just, not gonna lie, I do like to flex. I'll tell the story later on, but I do flex that. <laughs> I won in the end, sorry. <laughs> it's hard because some industries, are, like some I industries are like that period. So it's some industries, you, you can jump out of the frying pan into the fire because it's just... The, the culture pretty much everywhere. It's really hard. With regards to Savannah's point about the misunderstanding, that's actually why it's so important to understand strategic empathy or to have strategic empathy. Because, you know, if you have a misunderstanding with someone and you immediately go like, oh, she's just like a catty bitch who hates me for no reason kind of thing, uh, it can really blind you to other options to resolve the conflict. That's actually one of the few situations where it can be easy to resolve a conflict after the conflict's already happened or while it's happening. Because if you just like talk it out and like, oh, I thought you meant this when you said this and like come to some kind of a common understanding, often, like I've had situations actually where we'll have a misunderstanding, we talk it out, and then we actually become friends after that. So yeah, that's like oh. the one scenario I think it is possible to solve it after the fact. Anyway, so on to, I want to present my five laws of female power. These are the five strategies that I've used in my life the that five, have been beneficial oh. to me and that have really served are me we well. Are learn something? So rule number one, rule number one is find your tribe. And that's because with women, there is strength in numbers. We don't have the physical strength or the socialization that men have had where they can just like dominate situations. Your strength as a woman, your power as a woman is found with other women, generally speaking. And so whenever possible, try to make alliances instead of enemies. And the reason why it's important is because the more supporters you have, the more likely other people will support you in the event that you do find yourself in a conflict. You know, don't sneer at like, oh, like it's just a popularity contest or, you know, oh, I don't, I don't do popularity. Everything's a popularity contest. Contest, that kind of stuff. Like popularity does matter, unfortunately. Yeah, you can never escape it. That's like the black pill of, of life is that you can't often escape popularity contest. Yeah, I don't even cannot. see it as a black pill. I mean, like, although I will caveat though that being popular and this is this is well known at uk university it's also known as being really bait as in like b-a-i-t i don't pronounce my teens so but i say bait, bite? But it's bait. bait. Bite? okay you're british <laughs> oh, who's, who's mispronouncing words now <laughs> this is 1.5 i mean <laughs> Um, so there's this and like being bait can actually really work against you in my personal experience. So it's one thing being popular, but what's bait? What does that mean? Oh, being bait basically means that you're well known and popular basically. But in my experience that the people who were like the baitest people, they were popular for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I noticed this firsthand. I remember when I was in, in, in college, I went for election. I wanted to run for an elected student, like leadership position. And at the time I was quite unknown. Um, and I only had like three friends who came to support me on election day. It was really sweet of them. And I was up against a girl. She knew everyone in the room, like absolutely everyone. And so we both gave our speeches. I think there was about maybe a hundred people in the room and like 90 of the delegates voted for me. So I won by a massive landslide. Wow, nice. Yeah, I think it was like literally only, it, I mean, she voted for herself, but it literally must've been only her campaign team who voted for her. All her friends like snaked her completely. But then when I spoke to her friends afterwards, they were like, yeah, I know her really well, but I knew she'd be crap for the job. Damn. So sometimes actually being like, not being well known, especially in places like the workplace or if you ever run for office that can actually work in your favor because people won't judge you on what they know of you they'll judge you on what you say and how you present yourself that's true so that's just a caveat i guess that kind of makes sense although in any sort of like election getting nominated for anything there's i don't know how that's not always good. Yeah, but sometimes being popular isn't always the strategy. What you want to be is you want to be known as being competent. And sometimes the most competent people are not necessarily the most popular people, depending on the situation that you're in. And that's why I've heard from multiple people that job hopping is actually a lot of times the better option than trying to work your way up to a company, not just for the pay raise, but because of the perception, right? Like everybody, the new shiny person is always more competent than the existing person that they have, <laughs> even if that's not even close to being true. It's just a perception thing. Yeah, exactly. And if you if you job hop and you've been promoted in that organization, you're instantly seen as someone who is valuable from the get-go, whereas that might have diminished in your or that sense of appreciation and that sense of value from your old company might have 
like diminished over time as well. What you're describing is, sounds like a different strategy. There was one strategy in the 48 Laws of Power where he's like, oh, be mysterious, you know, don't overshare, you know, conceal your intentions, I think was another one. Having less information about you out there is good. What I'm talking about with popularity is I mean, like, there, and there are people who are like popular or who are well known, but aren't necessarily like a queen bee. Like, um, you know, being a popular and bee? being a queen bee are not necessarily the same thing. At least at my high school, for example, like there was this clique of like underachieving blonde women who mostly got pregnant. And we're back to talking about high school. And at 16 or 17. And they were, this is the crowd that like thought that they were popular. Uh, There's like maybe 20 of them and they'd like go to each other's parties every weekend and stuff. But like they thought that they were popular, but like everyone else in our high school hated them. Like the actual popular kids were like the overachieving. I had like three cliques that I hung out with. It was like the theater kids, the sporty kids, and the like nerdy kids. And so, yeah, it's possible to be. Well, if you're so cool. And for people to like you, but it doesn't necessarily, I don't know how to say that. Like the people who think that they're popular are not always the people who are the most well-liked, let's just say. Um, but anyways, my point being that um, the other thing about like strength in numbers or find your tribe is that it's also a preemptive defense against smear campaigns. So often like a narcissistic or sociopathic person will try to attack you by damaging your reputation. And if you already have a good reputation, that's like a sort of like herd immunity. It makes it much harder for that seed of smearing, that smearing seed, so to speak, to grow. Um, like there have been times where um, I'll be like in an office, for example, and like I'm generally like well liked, and then someone who's like my work rival or whatever tries to like talk shit. Why about do you have a work rival? Me, and then they'll accidentally say it. These chicks are always making enemies. Someone who's actually one of my supporters, and then the, my supporter will be like, "Oh, that's not true," and then they'll come back and tell me like, "Hey, someone's always saying this about you," kind of thing, right? <laughs> office politics. That's an example of office politics working in my favor. That's the other thing is like, if a lot of people like you, they will report back to you and tell you when other people are talking shit about you. So that's also useful. Anyways, that's a side side bit. But anyways, um, my lesson here is like, if you're entering a new workplace or a social situation, be kind and friendly to other women. Be helpful, but not a people pleaser. I find a lot of people do this thing where they try to like curry favor by just doing other people's work for them or by just being too like giving too much of themselves. A better strategy is to just support other women. An example, I was in a meeting once where there was this woman trying to make a point and this guy kept talking over her and I just cut him off and I was like, Samantha didn't finish her point. Can you let her finish? And then me and her, we kind of looked at each other and had this look like nice look of nice. understanding, you know. Nice. Um and then she went on to defend me in other situations going forward. So yeah, that's an example of, like kind of being on code and standing up for other women and they'll stand up for you if you stand up for them kind of thing. When you're joining a new social situation, be assertive, but don't try to one up or put down other women. That's another thing I see a lot, especially if they're hyper competent and they really want other people to know how amazing they are they'll just maybe talk to excessively about their accomplishments and other women start I mean if you're hyper competent why not just be hyper competent like see them as a threat don't downplay your achievements either but like you know don't try to like one up people or like put other people down you know basically what i'm saying is like try to establish like a quid pro quo kind of relationship with other women where it's like you scratch my back i scratch yours and if they don't reciprocate hold back don't do this thing like some men will do this thing where like they'll do a favor for you and then expect something in return these chicks are diabolical and like use that as an excuse to like try to demand something from you i don't do that if i do a favor for someone and they don't reciprocate i just don't do any more favors for them i won't try to like force a favor out of them you know like that's just kind of weird and it will make you more enemies than friends the other thing, here's here's actually the important lesson is if you're currently in a social milieu or a workplace where you're being bullied, you. leave. Period. Uh, find find a community where you are loved and where you are accepted. Even if you're kind of like a, a bit of a misfit or something and you don't fit in with other women generally, like find just like here with all the low value screws. group of other misfits that you can hang out with. Okay, it's really not worth it. And I wish I could just like go back and tell young me about all the times I was like fighting for my space. And, and this is like partially also. A conversation about micro, like racial microaggressions as well. It can oh, be very, racial very micro! Is a conversation about racial microaggressions? Is it people of color, people who are non-traditional, you know, candidates, especially for management, like trying to fight your way up in that system. So you feel you feel like you're on uh, the defensive all the time, and you feel like well, every place sucks, and I have to just like always fight for my space because it does feel like that. And I can say that for myself, that's been true in some places. But there are better places than others, and sometimes it's just better to fight your way off that team, fight your way off that you know that situation. But it, it's um, it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle, and I would say like. If you are a person like that, who's like a quote, non-traditional candidate, make sure you indulge in a lot of self-care and like balance between your ambitions and taking care of yourself because you will run yourself ragged trying to fit into a mold uh, that's not really made for you, if that makes sense. And this this goes for 
just about anybody who's, I think, even female in general, but doubly so for non-traditional female candidates. If you're disabled, if you're a person of color, if you're a person uh, who's LGBTQ, like these things can affect the way you see yourself. And so, you know, indulge in a lot of self-care. And really, if it gets like bad, then just leave. Yeah. And definitely if you're in a workplace, it can be hard to avoid if you're like a minority, for example. So in that case, I would say make sure that on your own personal time that you are spending time with people who love and who accept you. If you can't get that from your workplace, that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should be doing that normally, yeah, but yeah. you know. Yeah. Because you spend a lot of time at work. So it's, and this is why, I mean, overwhelmingly people, um, a lot of people said they like to work at home, especially people of colors, because they don't have to deal with a lot of those daily microaggressions, which are hard to they're very they're like you know little paper cuts all the time and they're really hard to quantify to people like how much it can be exhausting but um at the same time you know there are there are better workplaces than others and if you are just legit stressed out like i, I would make the argument that it's not worth the fight anymore like you can probably do a lot better for your give up here's their advice is give up i'll just move to another job and try to get even better pay yeah just abandon ship like go work for a company that isn't racist basically yeah or a team or at least you know it's not racist it's, it can be it's just not worth your mental energy. Let me put it that way. And especially like in like the capitalist hellscape that we live in. These I the capitalist hellscape. Shut companies up. will try and make out like this is the best you can do is working for them and it's absolutely not true and i and like, sometimes i think if i think might that, be you're saying it's not true for everybody it might be for some people to my first by the way update on the uh the giveaway Hinkle McCrinkleberry as it's tight he's up 2%. Corey Holder's just been chipping away though. He's just been just silently eking his way back into contention. He's in the mix. Everybody's in the mix. From right retail, now. I think that some of the animosity that came from the female managers stemmed from the fact that I wasn't going to be around in retail for very long. Whereas, like, they had been in the same position for thirty years. I'm not going to be like, oh, they're so jealous of me. But I remember one of them said to me, "Oh, if we fired you tomorrow, I doubt you'd get a another job in this town." And about six months later, I got a better job with a much better company. Oh, um, suck on that! Really That's an example of a coercive strategy that they use. So yeah, when I go back into that shop in my hometown, I do like to flex. So yeah, that was just her way of just trying to keep me in a box, and it was complete bullshit because I managed to find a much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just like a, someone who's bad at, like, you know, motivating their employees and being like, yeah, if you quit, you'll never work again in this town. You're like, what? Well, she's still stuck in that position. I just wanted to chime in and say that, or just to wrap up this point about building your tribe, there is a corresponding law in Robert Greene's Law of Power, uh, that would be Law 18, which is do not build fortresses to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. And I really, really, really want to emphasize to women that if you are a woman, being isolated is dangerous. An isolated woman is like a little baby buffalo without its herd. She's extremely what? vulnerable to predators. It's really unfortunate. And I find this, again- No, women are strong queens. With hyper-competent women tend to do this a lot where- They don't need no man. You know, if you don't really get along with other people or other people are just being stupid or whatever, it's too easy to fall into this trap of trying to be a lone wolf and trying to go at it on your own. That is a losing strategy. Always try to find supporters. Well, damn, Lilith, call out my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I've never worn a Santa hat before. Pretty sick hat. It's a pretty solid hat. The whole, th the whole hat. I'm, I don't know if I'm... It's the alcohol talking. My one and a half white claws. Am I such a lightweight? But Solid hat, Christian people. You nailed this one really sad when women you know say things like i just don't get on that well with other women and it's like try to get along better with other women it's also true and also women are the best protectors honestly like yeah the people that have come Next through the men. most for me when i've really needed it as in gone above and beyond to help me out have always been women always also it's just crazy as fuck when people say i don't get along with other women like really there's like what six seven billion people on this planet 3.5 billion of which are female and you don't get along with any of them that's a you yeah <laughs> that's just weird i actually get along with most women you don't get along with every woman like of course not but like just be like it's categorically i don't get along with women that's crazy i know it's not a christian hat but it's just it's Here's, that's actually we're, we're going to talk about you know red flags I mean. of toxic women that's uh, one of the things they say I, I don't get along with women that's a massive fucking red flag but yeah we'll get, get into that later in the episode but yeah so my, my point being that even if you are amazing and hyper competent and talented and I mean first of all like 
doing all the work yourself is just like you're gonna just waste a bunch of time it's, it's so much better to try to what's that saying like uh many hands makes the task lighter or something like that many hands make light work many hands makes light work exactly yeah. so even if you are really strong light and amazing work, you know, going out alone is much much harder than uh, trying to share the burden of life with other women that's my strategy anyways so number two if you meet a woman more powerful than you and she's a generally good person Pledge allegiance to the queen. I'm not kidding. You what? can avoid a lot of conflicts with other women who are more powerful. Or just bow down. That's a weird one. Who are more established than you. This is like fucking Jordan Peterson shit with the lobster right now. By just simply being loyal to her. I mean, I've said in other episodes like, oh yeah, I like to be in control. I like to have power. This is one of limited circumstances where I'm, I feel safe. This is actually very 48 laws of power-ish kind of shit. Power. Like if I meet another woman who is more established than me, but she's like a, a good person. She's got like this nice like maternal energy. And especially if she has skills that you want to learn or that you can benefit from, try to see if she'll take you under her wing. That's such an underrated strategy with women because I feel like men more naturally know how to do this. And a lot of it has to do with the way they're social, socialized around athletics. One of the reasons why I actually like to watch sports is because you can kind of see the way that men politically organize themselves and if like if you're a role player you're a role player at that at that point and you're not the star player on the team and you have to learn how to recognize when you're that and not try to play hero ball yeah but it's like easy to recognize that because you're just you're you look at the stats and you go yeah my stats are worse than the guy who has the best stats exactly <laughs> so some women i feel like a lot of women because we maybe don't have the same i don't know i mean there are obviously a lot of female athletes but the way that women socialize tends to be like flat organization more or less unless you're doing like a toxic queen bee hierarchy that sometimes creating a benevolent hierarchy or a hierarchy that's effective can feel very like very antagonistic and a lot of women have like negative reactions to having female leaders and also female leaders can be kind of like horrible to their their underlings too because they haven't figured out how to create a benevolent or effective hierarchy but like if you're if you watch sports that's all sports are besides these like freak athletes or like freak you know um, physical gifts it's also organizing people based on their personality and their individual unique skills and then people who are not the lebron jameses of the world need to know when to sit the fuck down and that's a really hard thing to learn but if these grown men can do it like women can do it too yeah i mean part of the problem is that there are so few female i wouldn't actually know i'm not gonna say there's few female leaders but there, there's a problem in a lot of workplaces especially male dominated workplaces where the women who are wait are there few female leaders i feel like that's part of the kind of thing is that there are leaders tend to be massive massive pick me's and throw women under the bus and they, they they see themselves as like oh there's only room for one woman at the table and that's gonna be me and i'm gonna cut all you other bitches down kind of thing right and so we're, we're gonna get to that type of woman later in the episode that's yeah, not, cutthroat bitches not the type of woman i'm talking about here i'm talking about about, you know, I want to talk about an example of a woman who's been a mentor to me for many years, Maureen from HR. She listens to the podcast, by the way. So shout out to, shout out to Maureen from HR. Love you, Maureen from HR. From HR. She's the director of HR at a company that I work for when I got my first leadership role. What had happened is like, she's what a magnificent we... woman. Okay. She has this like maternal energy. When she speaks, out? people listen. Even men, like we would be in meetings and like if a man was talking, she would just interrupt him and start talking over him or she, um, like men didn't dare interrupt her. Right. And I remember just like looking at her and being like, wow, like I want to be just like Maureen. She is dope. Um, yeah. So I, you know, ended up sort of like, you know, just being like, oh, like, you know, I'm new here. Like, you want to be my mentor kind of thing. And so like, and she was so happy to like take me under her wing and she actually helped me get a promotion. Like, so it can pay off. Like it, it really can. It's a, it's one of those things of like a future investment thing where like, if you invest in pledging your loyalty to her and being one of her minions kind of thing, she'll lift you up. It's like a rising tide lifts all boats kind of situation. Um, but yeah, like, like the first scenario, try to establish a quid pro quo. You know, Honestly, I think we can... Fr- <laughs> not that I want to do, do this. One, never outshine the mask. Not that I want to do this, but honestly, I think we can find out uh, a little more about Lilith over here just... Uh... Just from that little piece of info sure. she just gave out. Um, I mean, it's not an exact one-to-one comparison. It's a little bit different. But yeah, basically, like, don't try to... I, I've noticed this problem where, like, some women, they'll enter a workplace and there's a woman who's better than her and they're like, I must destroy her. That's a bad reflex. You know, it's better if you find a woman who's better than you and she's a generally decent person, 
instead of being like, I need to take her down or I need to be the queen, shift your mindset to, I want to learn from her and I want to, and I want her protection kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it can also be like, it doesn't always have to be like a queen servant relationship. It can also be like a lateral um, relationship as well. I've been quite fortunate to have, for most of my career, only worked in all female teams, which I would 100% recommend. Um, if you can get into a team that is just like full of women, ambitious uh, women, there's just nothing like it. But anyway, all female workplaces are always bomb. I've never worked in an all female workplace that's like, granted, I know I've heard some like horror the WNBA. But like generally, apart from retail, retail might be a bit dodgy, but I think that might be be more because of the retail environment as opposed to the actual women, possibly. Yeah, I find like an all female environment is much better, but I find like a mixed sex, that's when it kind of gets dicey because a lot of women, even women who are generally nice and like good people are not malicious. A lot of women do unfortunately still have that female socialization of trying to pander to men and... Yeah, the pick me, like the workplace pick me. Yeah, exactly. Like some women, you know, even if they're not a horrible person, some women will still like throw other women under the... I know some people will be like, if she throws under the women under the bus, she's a horrible person. But like, even then I'll try to... I try to give women the benefit of the doubt. I'm much less forgiving with men, but even with women who make mistakes or to do things I don't agree with, I try to be as like, again, strategic empathy. Yeah, I just wanted to rant real quick because I've been on both sides of this coin where either I'm the more powerful woman and there's a woman who's like, I want to destroy you or um, where I'm the less powerful woman. So when I'm the less powerful woman and I see a woman as a good leader, yeah, I pledge allegiance to the queen. And it's unfortunate um, when I'm in a leadership position and I have a female subordinate who is like, oh, I have to destroy you or like, it was constantly trying to like undermine me. Destroy! Because I want to say that is a losing fucking mentality. Okay, if you look at a woman who is better than you and you think I want to destroy her, you are a loser and you will always be a loser. Okay, like, so if you see a woman who's a more winning strategy to try to emulate her, to try to be on her team and reap the benefits of that relationship. Yeah, I agree. And also, just to add another perspective as well, it's also knowing what you bring to the table. Just because uh, you are her subordinate in the organizational structure, that doesn't mean that you can't teach her things as well. So an example I can think of is when I was working on a project relating to race equality. It's like a company that I worked for and my line manager was white. And she would often defer to me for insights into racial issues, into how to word things. And that particular exchange, it deepened our relationship because it also made me realize that like, hey, I've got something unique to add. It also meant that she trusted me more as well because she knew that I had a skill set that she didn't have. Just because somebody is yeah. an organization to you, especially if you're a younger person, a lot of senior managers, right. they start to lose perspective on different things, especially if it's relating to young people or if it's relating to people from a different racial background. So you don't Sorry. need to be like a peasant as well to, to get people to like you. You can also know your own value and your own experiences and own perspectives because that is also really, really valuable to people that you work with, even if they're senior managers. You can also tap into your own so skills boring. and see how you can be of benefit to them. So it can also be a lateral relationship as well as giving them the respect of, you know, someone who's senior and who can teach you things. I mean, too. it's good to have the different, per like, you know, perspective on life, I guess, but... It's actually such a good point. And in fact, I'd say this is a good betting such strategy good to point. identify good leaders because good such leaders good know to have people on their team who have a variety of skill sets, including skill sets that they might not have. And so, yeah, like, that's what I mean about quid pro quo. It's not like you're being a servant and being a peasant. It's like you're actually adding value to her life. And when you do that, she will add value to your life. Yeah, exactly. And if they get yeah. about you know more than them, that's a red flag. Exactly. So we'll get to toxic female leaders in rule number four. Yeah, because the strategy for if a woman is more powerful you and toxic, it is a completely different strategy, but we'll get there. Hey, we'll queens, you know here at the female no. leader strategy, we're all about taking care of our sexual health. No. But some women, personal experience, I find women... Let's get checked and back to the show. Guys, get those STD checks. Get those fucking dirty dicks and stinky pusses checked out. Influence other women by leading from example. Now, again... In my personal experience, I find women tend to respond very negatively when other women are being bossy, you know, quote unquote bossy. We were talking to Elle and Elle was talking about how, you know, bossy often bitches. when she enters a workplace environment, sometimes she'll have conflicts with other women because Elle, you know, she's very, she's a very strong woman. She, she you know, she's, I, I like, I like these qualities. All women are very strong part. women. Shout out to you women. That's something I admire. But some women will look at that and see that as a threat, basically. Even in cases where I have like a, a female subordinate, I try really hard not to be too like authoritarian or like. Uh, oh, Rusty Smackleford just took the lead, 1%. You know, commanding or bossy. I rely much more on social contagion, and I've actually had really great success by... It's basically leading from example, right? So the behavior that you want to see in your female subordinates, you have to be that, right? And then the, if you are what other people you know admire, then they'll just naturally want to follow you. You know, No coercion, no threatening anything 
needed. The thing with the management though is so often people get promoted based on the fact that they're good at one position, but they're not necessarily good as management at management. And that's why you get so many people who are in management who nobody really admires. Everyone like hates working for, they're tyrants, they're condescending, and then they, you know, they start to react negatively to everyone. So just just my two cents in. I mean, again, that's a toxic leader. So I, I, I'm of the view that leadership is a skill just like any other. And some people might be better at it than others. Like some people might just be naturally more suited to the, you know, the specific skills that good leaders tend to have. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible for people who might not be as naturally gifted to learn them. It's the same as learning an instrument, right? Like anyone can learn how to play piano, right? Like even if you're not naturally good at learning piano, you can still learn how to play piano. Yes, there will be some people who are just star piano players and they go on to become, you know, famous. But that doesn't mean that like, you know, if you're not naturally gifted, it's impossible to learn. And I think these kinds of leadership skills, more women need to learn these kinds of positive leadership skills. I think that would serve you in not just your workplace, but also in your friendships and your family and, and so on. I was going to say, I think a good like leadership strategy is... Um... And one that I found like really, really good success with is Primus Interpare, which is first among equals. It's how what? the British government should operate, but we know they're a hot mess. But yeah, that's the hot concept of mess. the British government is that the prime minister is the first among equals. And that means everybody, you know, feels like they're part of the team and that their contribution is valid. I think the traditional leadership structure of I'm the boss and you're the servant is quickly becoming redundant, especially as people begin to see, or especially as people begin to expect their workplace to provide basic things such as a sense of well-being and sense of community. So I would definitely recommend looking into that in, into that style of leadership. In fact, that's the only, that is to me the only only good style of, I mean there's other maybe there's other styles of leadership that are fun but that's my favorite but to wrap up point three like I know it's like cliche but like be the change you want to see in the world lead by example lead by social contagion which by the way women are more susceptible I find to social contagion than men just in general so no yeah, to wrap that up like basically don't be a tyrant is that why they're all lesbians to- now grant favors to her supporters let's just say um so rule number four and this is about toxic women okay rule number four is all about toxic women so none of you women are toxic friendly but distant from toxic women and by toxic i mean competitive jealous they get you wrapped up in their drama or on the extreme end some are just straight up like narcissists and sociopaths the problem with narcissists and sociopaths and psychopaths and so on is that they lack a conscience and they will do things and they will go to places so low that any normal person like they will go to places that you can't even think of or that you don't want to go right here's the problem it's like you cannot win against them unless you yourself also lack a conscience so the answer here is be a narcissist um and even then it's high risk very be low sociopath. what's the saying that uh, never try to fight with sociopaths because they'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience no that's a st- that's stupid people like yeah don't argue with i mean that's, that's same similar principle like stu- don't argue with stupid people they'll drag you down to the level and beat you with experience same thing with sociopaths it's like unless you yourself are also a sociopath and even then i find the most explosive conflicts tend to be with the most collateral damage tend to be between two sociopaths or two narcissists and those i generally avoid because again like the harm vastly 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 outweighs the reward the other problem with these types of toxic people is like the closer you get to them the more in danger you are of being their target with narcissists especially like my strategy dealing with narcissists is to remain an audience member narcissists they care a lot about their image and so you know a lot of women who've been subjected to narcissistic abuse they point out that you know why is he so much nicer to people in public and then behind closed doors he treats me like shit that's because narcissists are very concerned with public image they want the rest of the world to have a very high opinion of them but their victim is i guess this is kind of good advice and at least not advice but at least insights Good insights to see how people think. One that they can offload all of their abuse and all their mistreatment onto, right? So if in the workplace, for example, or in like a social situation, try to stay an audience member. That is the best way to get a narcissist to treat you well, unfortunately. Okay, so maybe discussion about that a little bit. By the way, this vote is so tight. We're 37%, 37% uh, Rustle, Rusty and Hinkle. And... Uh, Ru- yeah, th- oh, just Rusty took the lead slightly, but it's we're talking a couple so let's votes. Let's say you just have because I, for whatever reason, sometimes I trigger the fuck out of these people. Trigger <laughs> the fuck out of those queens. Yeah. You know, y'all know who I am. No, because I'm a very compassionate person deep down. Honestly, I think narcissists prey on me and, and always have like my whole life. Like they're just drawn to me as like a target and use emotional manipulation on me. And until I found FBS, I would fall for that shit every fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, bro, sorry. Go ahead, bro. No, no. I mean, it's a discussion because I've had the opposite problem where well, I had a similar problem where it's just I have no like I just don't know what it is about me that sets some of these people off. But then it's just like. 
a massive like constant over focus on everything I'm doing and I'm like and it could be jealousy see probably because they see you as a threat that's the thing I don't want to sound like I'm trying to flex but a lot of times you're just like minding your business right and you then what do you do with people though. like that because it's, it's like I had I had a, a crazy coworker like told people I was stealing from her what? at one point I was new on the job like and not to mention beyond fucking racist and then like first of all I don't know why I would steal like like shit off your desk or whatever. It was so it was really dumb. Why is it I don't racist? Know. I ended up just leaving that job because my, my manager was clueless at the time. I was like, okay, like we're supposed to work together, and like he's just a clueless dude. It just does not see any type of female microaggression, and she had him all the way wrapped around his finger. And I met his wife, and I figured out, yeah, like this dude's clueless. I mean, narcissists What's will the do that. Sort of, like, angle? That, what, the whole accusing you of stealing, I, I consider that like a. How long is this going to be? Uh, Travis McNasty asked, "How long is this going to be?" I don't know when I'm going to stop doing this, but what time is it? Two fourteen right now. I'm going to be going for a while. I'm going to be going for a while. I will take a like a br- I will take some breaks though. An extension of the smear I campaign that they do and narcissists generally will use that against someone that they perceive as a threat. So I'm not sure what you what you did before that or like, you know, even if you're minding your own business, it's like sometimes if you get off on the wrong foot with a narcissist and they're like they can just sense like, "Oh, she has too much power. I have to take mm-hmm. her down." kind of thing. She hated every, like all of the rest of the coworkers too. Like, I don't know, for some reason like she got everyone outside of our department to like her, but everyone no. all of the people who worked with her directly hated her. So it was really weird where like the people outside of the department thought we were bullying her and then people in the department. No, but that's the thing. Narcissists are very good at manipulating social situations like that. And that's what I mean. Like the closer that you are to a narcissist, the worse you are. True. That's true. So all the people within your team went to work with her closely. They all knew what she was actually like. They all saw her, the dark side of her. Yeah. But narcissists do this weird like performance and dance so that outsiders looking in. It was it was to the point where she bought herself a birthday. She didn't tell anybody it was her birthday, and then she bought herself a birthday cake and then invite anybody in our department, but then only invite people outside the department. Like because she was like we we were bullied. This fucking it was inner the office shit I've ever politics seen. bullshit. Like this is a grown adult person. I mean that's another bully tactic. Is like and Lundy Lundy talks about this in his book how uh, Lundy was, like, I love Lundy I love and so they'll try to make themselves seem like a victim. They'll attack someone and then if the other person fights back, that's when they go. Oh, my gosh like why are you attacking me and like play the victim so that sounds like at least that's what you're saying there kind of echoes that that's what happened i left that job thank god but yeah <laughs> that's the thing if you're in a workplace where a narcissist is ruling the roost or a sociopath is ruling the roost get the fuck out of there okay you cannot win the closer you get to them the more you will lose the more you succeed the more they'll try to tear you down the only way in their mind to the only way to avoid their wrath is by just like not threatening them or just like you know keeping your head down but then you're not going to advance your career so that's why it's not worth to be around them facts um well, what happens if you have to be around hard them. to detect facts. narcissists sociopaths and other toxic people other than like the usual like say no and then but here's the thing uh jeff yes i will chop this up for podcasts for the audio this is not going to be one eight hour but thing. the usual if i'm dating someone and i say no or i have a boundary and the other person gets angry about that the problem is if you use that in the workplace you have say no or have a boundary that's when you've made an enemy of the narcissist right so i find like in my personal experience at least the best way or the best red flag of a sociopath i'm gonna open the phone lines in between episodes so this one will be done soon we'll, we'll open it up. other toxic person without getting on their bad side is the Cartman drama triangle. Now, in the show notes, I'm going to link a video. Cartman is really an air Cartman. Explaining the Cartman drama triangle uh, because I could do a whole episode just on that. Is air this South Park? I'm dying. No, 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 no. No, this is different. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, no. So Cartman drama triangle, it's like, it's a triangle. So there's three participants. There's the aggressor, the victim, and the rescuer or the, the villain, the victim, and the rescuer. So very often, if I'm entering a new social situation, I'll have a woman approach me and she'll give me some kind of soft story about how someone else in the office is bullying her. You know, she'll she'll try to rope me into her drama, basically, and try to get me to be her rescuer. Or um, in other cases, they'll like, wor- this is worse, actually, is they'll label you the aggressor, even if you haven't done anything, and themselves the victim and try to get other people to gang up on you and have other people be the rescuer. Don't get caught up in other people's drama. Like, this is a red fucking flag. If a woman approaches you and tries to get you involved in some kind of like drama triangle where there's one person who's the villain, like they're trying to villainize someone, you don't even know who they are, or, you know, trying to make a victim out of someone who's kind of shitty, or they're trying to get you to be their rescuer, anything like that, fucking run. That is like, that's when I, when someone tries to do that, that's when I put up a wall between them <laughs> and just be friendly, but distant because yeah, like the, the danger in that is that the drama triangle has constantly shift, shifting roles. And so I find a lot of women will get caught up in the sob story and they'll be, and they'll, you know, it's how toxic people often oh, make allies. God. And so they'll try to get this you to the, do maybe the most basically. chickiest episode or yet. Like they, they have a conflict with someone else and they try to get someone else to gang up on the other person, right? The reason why it's dangerous is that the roles are constantly shifting. And so even if you come in as a rescuer and you think that you're being the good guy, she will not hesitate to make a villain out of you if it suits her. 
So avoid people like that who try this to get This is you yeah, this is emotional no, labor. Okay, so I want to talk true. about like the limited circumstances where it may be worth it to engage in a conflict with these sorts of women. One uh, political pick means so you know I don't want to like maybe I don't know if I want to name names but you know, name names in, in politics who gain considerable influence and power by throwing women under the bus and Kamala Harris interest, where they basically it's like a, a female face for like a male agenda an example actually would be like the female family court judges in the Lundy Bancroft episode a lot of women like that will rise to the highest echelons of power by serving male interests that's one situation where it can be worth it to basically form a, an alliance of other women who also hate her to take her down because the, the harm that she's doing is so high that it is it may be worth it to take down someone who's really powerful and oppressive like that but it's hard it can be done but it's hard um, i want to talk about the three main weaknesses of this type of woman the type of woman who gains power and influence from men by tearing down other women also known as like the you know queen bee like office tyrant that's another example actually um, so they have three weaknesses that i've identified one her success is usually dependent on giving men sexual access and it's kind of unfortunate and like um i think it's actually very unfortunate what? that men gatekeep positions of power on the basis of like women sucking their dick or whatever you know like harvey weinstein yo <laughs> i'm trying to think i could tell the story without too many identifying details but yes i had a similar situation where a woman on a team rose to the ranks seemingly overnight and we found out later it was because of sexual favors to a very uh influential man on said team and um she was straight up she was a political operator like a straight up narcissist like exactly the type of thing we're talking about like we're i mean because look at the end of the day i think for some women giving up some tang is not that big of a deal to them. Some women act like it's the biggest deal in the world and they're like, oh my God, you gotta, it's so big, like these decisions are the biggest decisions. Then some women are like, yeah, I'll fucking blow some dude if he'll advance my career. Like, I mean, we have to all, with all the Me Too stuff, we have to all ignore the fact that this is just like kind of something that happens because women would never do such a thing. But you're like, some women are probably like, yeah, big deal. Fucking had sex with this guy a couple times. And the benefit of it was way greater than the cost of having sex with some dude I don't want to have sex with. They a fake kind of girl boss that is very microaggressive to all the other women. Like you think guys haven't had sex with women they didn't want to have sex with? It happens. You move on. In the office. So like the way she started in on this was like doing little things to antagonize women or sow discord between the powerful men in the office and the other women. And then she swooped in with the sex. It was fucked up, but yeah, but it was successful for her, but it was... Oh, I mean, it was fucked it was, up, but also very, very uh, shrewd move. Short project. Yeah, but go ahead. I'll go into why that's a weakness, actually. I mean, it's a, it's one of the, it's a short-term strategy. Like, short-term, she might be able to get a few promotions out of that. The reason why it's a weakness is because as soon as she ages out of being fuckable, and if she has no other redeeming qualities, she loses her power. Um, So I'll give you an example, actually. Yeah, but if she has the job, well, she's not going to get fired right away. ...that I had, she... It was like basically like the female equivalent of like the Peter Principle, you know, like the Peter Principle, where a man like gets promoted to the level of incompetence and like can't get promoted any further than that because... um they're not actually that good at their job. There's like a sort of like a female equivalent of it. I don't know if we want to call it like the Patricia, the Patricia principle where not her real name, by the way, but basically this particular manager, she had basically gotten to the, the manager that the, even though she was like bad at her job and not a good leader, she got in this managerial role basically because yeah, she was, you know, had previously been sleeping with the CEO, um, but she basically like aged out of being fuckable. And so I found it really like cringy and painful, you know, seeing her like interact with the CEO and being like, <laughs> Brian, you're so funny kind of thing. And him just sort of being like, Ugh, like, uh, you know, get away from me kind of thing like he's trying to like, she's so say the CEO's woman, she'd reached she'd like peaked um and to be fair like she actually was still quite attractive but she was 40 and so like again men male sexual depravity basically this woman she she did this thing where she would just like bully any women who were like rising stars or who she saw as like competition she would like just bully women who were like either like more pretty or more successful or more talented or you know anyone that she saw as like a potential rising star potential threat so she uh and i was one of those <laughs> i was one of those women that she bullied so um i'm not i'm not bitter about that at all still um not <laughs> but um yeah so the pro like the reason why this is a weakness 
again, is because once she's no longer of like sexual use to the men who, you know, to her male patrons, so to speak, that's when she loses her power. The second weakness of these types of women is that other women usually hate her and will jump at any opportunity to join forces with you to take her down. Um, and that was actually pretty much what I did in this case is like, um, actually, let me get to weakness three because we, we used all three strategies. So um, weakness number three is that her power comes from men who tend to only support women when they serve their interests. And as soon as that woman is no longer useful to them. By the way, we could totally find out uh, who who Lilith is not that I maybe we should do that because probably not her real name but she's giving away a lot of hints here she's getting real fast she's got Maureen the HR manager we know she's in British Columbia somewhere so Maureen HR in British Columbia CEO named Brian She's fucking up. She's so, playing with again, fire. Again, she loses her protection. What was weakness two? So the first, I thought weakness one was the sleeping around thing. Yeah, so weakness one is sleeping around. Actually, I just want to side. Playing with fire here, Lilith. I'm sorry about your medical misogyny. Get well soon. Any successful women, men often accuse them, oh, she's like slept her way to the top. Not all successful women sleep their way to the top. I just want to be very clear about that. But there are some women. Most don't. Most don't. But there are some cases of women who are you know, not very good at their jobs, but who do get promotions on the basis of granting men sexual access. But anyway, so yeah, just to recap, weakness one, her power is dependent on sexual access. Weakness two is other women usually hate her and will jump at any opportunity to join forces with other women to take her down. And three, her power comes from men. And these sorts of men, they tend to only support women on the condition that she is serving their interests. So for example, like she's like a female uh, face for like a male agenda. Um, but as soon as they, these men decide that she's more of a liability than an asset, they will withdraw support. And so that was basically how in this particular office, um, she ended up, she, she didn't get fired, but she was pretty much like pressured to resign and left that job basically because me and all the other women that she w was bullying, we just sort of like formed our own little clique to, I feel bad about it. Yeah, I mean, she was fucking a bully. Fuck her. Yeah, we basically like joined forces and uh, started undermining her. Yeah, but it, her. she sounds like she was a piece of shit. And then the men at the top basically was like, ugh, like we're going to get a lawsuit if, if uh, we keep letting this woman be a manager. Yeah, she ended up leaving. So, um, but again, like limited circumstances where you can take down one, some of these kinds of women. And if you do decide to go that route, understand the weaknesses of these kinds of like political pygmies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got it. Cool. Um, yeah. And so my final point, rule number five is exclude women who betray you or other women. Now, this is the meanest one of all the five, but hear me out, hear me out. I know that the word to exclude is like a dirty word. You know, I've often been told like, oh, you know, you're excluding people like that's girl bullying. In fact, in high school, girl like bullying? Camp. guys, it's just bullying. Why are we separating bullying? It's just bullying. Pains. And one of the points I remember was like, oh, boys Girl tend to like bully bullying. others like physically by beating each other up and girls tend to bully others by excluding them. I think it's delusional when people say like, oh, everything, people have to be inclusive because even the most inclusive organizations aren't inclusive of everybody. Like everybody excludes something. The, the issue is, is that it used to be based on really arbitrary mean factors like race, sexual orientation, things like that, that are not bullyable things. They're just a, a variation of human experience. But like if it's based on behavior, Fuck them. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Fuck em. The reason why I'm bitter about this is because in high school, there were times where there was a girl who was either being mean to me or just rude or just like unsociable and like not fun to be around was just a vibe kill. And I just didn't want to hang out with her. Other people didn't want to hang out with her. And there were times where like school admins would like sit down and be, oh, I hear you're bullying people um, by excluding so-and-so. I'm like, I'm not doing fucking shit. I'm just hanging out with my tribe. You know, I don't like being forced to include people that I don't like. You know, yeah. I, I know that it's seen as a dirty it's word, fair. it's seen as girl bullying or whatever, but I want to be very clear as women, girl you are allowed bullying. to have boundaries and you are under no obligation to create bullying. space for people who treat you badly. And the other thing is when you include these sorts of toxic people, you're actually excluding good people because good people want to leave situations where there are toxic people. It's true. True. And these true. boundaries, you know, we often talk boundaries. about like need to vet people or vet, for example, men in particular on FDS, but this also applies to women as well. It's completely okay to vet women and to build your circle based on particular qualities and essentially values that you want your friends to have. And that's not a bad thing as well. You don't have to entertain people who aren't engaging with you in good faith regardless of if they're a man or a woman and sometimes i'll even go as far as to say yeah don't don't be friends with people who are pieces women, of shit especially when it comes to relationships with other women, they could probably do with being a bit more ruthless as well in that regard because the impact that your friends or the people that you keep around you has on your development and well-being is immense and ultimately especially if we are <laughs> if everyone's in this whole take down the patriarchy thing together you really really want people I hate the patriarchy. who are you know 100 backing you in this yeah oh and the other thing is like understand that if you're a high value woman it should be exclusive. Like there should be some element of exclusivity 
for people to have access to your time and your attention. I have this problem with like patriarchy often defines a good woman, quote unquote, good woman. Patriarchy does not define anything. Like someone who's endlessly self-sacrificial and always giving everything of herself to other people and so on. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think that's really self-destructive most of the time. It is okay to gatekeep which people have access to you. And in fact, like if you're a really high quality person, you should gatekeep. Okay. Not everyone's entitled to your time. Um, yeah. So my problem with my, my one problem with excluding and the same thing with cliques, like, you know, I, I feel like exclusion and cliques are two things that women tend to like complain about with other women. I think they get kind of a bad rap mainly because my problem with cliques, for example, is that they tend to exclude or punish women who don't deserve it a lot of time. And the cliques tend to remain small in number. Like it's just a small group of people, you know, a small group of like maybe three, four, five women who are like excluding another woman. And so my, my the way that I want to fix this is like, first of all, like excluding people on the basis of like, I don't know, yeah, like race, like Rosette or like, um, or just like, I mean, it could just even be some people like to have an aesthetic, right? I mean, that's basically the sorority thing. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's just it's class, it's race, it's um gatekeeping cultural types of things. It's just that a lot of this is often very shallow based on nothing. And yes, they bully people for not conforming to for no reason. Yeah, or for not a good yeah. reason. Yeah, for like for basically no reason. Like, and, and it's just toxic. And it doesn't help anybody it doesn't help you grow it doesn't this help fucking you podcast is toxic a person it doesn't help your community be better like by any stretch of the imagination. And then you end up list like, I I feel like humanity as a whole loses out on quality advancements and quality people because people get bullied for no reason right you like if you're a very competent person very smart person but you're disabled so then people don't want to hire you like you could be missing out on like a you know stephen hawking level genius or something like that there's just a lot of times where people start to take people's aesthetics or their outsides stephen hawking's is crap but like their outsides and they don't focus on literally the inside like what are your values i think did she think- just call stephen hawking a scrot I got to re- You could be that. missing out on like a you know Stephen Hawking level genius or something like that. There's just a lot of times where people start to take people's aesthetics or their outsides. Stephen Hawking's a scrot, but like they're out. Stephen Hawking's a scrot? Did I just hear that? Stephen Hawking. Sides and they don't focus on literally the insides. Like, what are your values? I think it's. I think and as God is my witness, especially with FDS, like we've tried so hard to really be like diverse in the way that we talk about a lot of different issues, but even like economically diverse, racially diverse, et cetera. But like the values are the things that should bring you together. I want to say, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I want to say like my ultimate dream with cliques is that to create a clique that includes literally every woman on the planet. That's my dream. That's the idealism. But unfortunately, that's not always possible. Like not all women are not allies. Always not possible? Next, thing that I'm Fuck you. For is, like, no, what do you mean they're not always possible? How do the women in the world hate you? create a large clique that's the other problem with cliques is a small group right but their strength in numbers my next best goal realistic goal is to try to create a clique that includes all of the like base queens you know fds minded shout out you know, to all the base queens who are watching this podcast actually. minded women i think we'll become a political force to be reckoned with if we ally with each no because the base queens are watching my show not yours not, like exclude women on the basis of stupid shit like oh i just don't like your face or you know you're not rich or uh you know your race that i'm racist against or shit like that right like we should be yeah like, like rose said like we need to be including competent people include people who forward our cause of female advancement but i do think that excluding women who betray you and other women is very important because first of all unfortunately there's just some yeah this is good advice for anybody by the way anybody who treats you like this way is, do, yeah it's just get not rid of possible them. or even worth it to win them to your side hit the bricks as much as possible but it's not always possible or even worth it so excluding women who betray you or other women first of all like you know protects you so there's like the self-preservation aspect secondly yeah. it sends a message of like i think that uh, social exclusion is actually a very powerful consequence for people who like transgress the community so if you're in a community and there's someone who's like who's just taking advantage of others who's not contributing who's undermining others who's just being like a shitty person i think casting them out of your community is a perfectly rational thing and i hope that other people look to that and go like oh like i don't want to be like that guy so i should like contribute and not be a fucking freeloader or not be a fucking traitor i mean yeah. if you can't kick them out of the community because sometimes that's not always possible but you can personally possible. distance yourself and for me personally even if i distance myself from somebody especially if it's a woman i still see all women as my folk and I'll still on a wider level still argue for her rights and her autonomy even if we disagree vehemently on certain 
issues and, and things like politics or whatever. But that's on a wider scale. But in terms of like my own interactions, I would just like limit my own personal interactions with them while still advocating for them. Sort of related to this is self-exclusion actually in some situations can also work to your benefit. So for, and I do this in, I do this in social situations more than I want to admit, basically where, and this relates to rule one, like find your tribe. So if you're in a social group where you're having a conflict with someone and the people in the group like you more than the person that you're fighting with, one way that you can come out on top is self-exclusion. So um, like, oh, there's an event. I ask my friend, oh, is so-and-so going to be at that event? And they say, yes. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, sorry, I'm not going to come then kind of thing. And then if they don't want- This is really cat fu- This is really catty. This whole thing is catty. Like that person that much, or if they like you more- They're trying to be like, we're not catty. You're like, this is the catty you should have ever heard of. Like the reason why, actually most of the time I use this against a man. If they like me more than they like the other person and I leave because of that person and it's known that I've left because of that person, that group of people will turn on each other like a pack of hyenas. It's really entertaining when that happens. But yeah, so that's another example of like self-exclusion. Uh, got fired like eight weeks later. Isn't that always the way? Every time I've left a toxic work environment, it literally implodes. It's so validating when the time you're like, am I crazy or are they crazy? And it takes a couple of like circumstances you're all crazy answer for me to realize oh no no no, no it's them i mean what how, especially if the other person is like your manager uh, in the workplace this is a very another sign of bad leadership is uh, some managers if they feel that their subordinate is a threat to them they'll try to undermine them and put them down to the point where that person if that person leaves it's like it's just stupid to bully your top performer right like it just makes it's bad leadership right if you're a good manager you want to guide that person that's try to, true you want to keep them on your team if they're a top performer and not otherwise like unproblematic right i find some toxic people just like they're just small-minded so they just think about like them versus like you as a threat they don't think about the greater community and that kind of sucks when that happens but yeah if you leave that kind of environment and in a way where it makes them look bad and you make it known that's the other thing is like i've made it very well known that i was leaving because of this specific person <laughs> so that ended up of course their numbers dropped that month duh because like if you're the duh. top salesperson on that team obviously you know your numbers are not going to be as good oh sounds like a little like, the top salesperson the second best salesperson in this particular environment the sales targets like a very large Wait, were you the suck second best or the top of that was just my work alone and so when i leave like obviously they're not gonna meet their targets right so um yeah so self-exclusion that's another if, if you're in a situation where like you can't come out on top and you're valuable just leave and then let the other people suffer the wrath of your absence yeah that's, that's nice do you guys have anything else you'd like to say no, I no. Think that's really good i mean that's really really what FDS is oh god that one wore me down yeah, thank you. well in conclusion basically i want to create like almost like a, a feudal system of queens <laughs> Lay out your manifesto. This is my manifesto. I want to take over the world. This is some shit. And the way we'll do that is by all the other queens influencing other women in a positive way using non-toxic strategies. And that's how we're going to take over the world, basically, is through this, these five points. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening, queens. Thanks for listening, queens. Thanks and for thanks listening, queens. As well as our Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Hey there, all you true crime No, fans. no, we're not starting a new one yet. All right, that was episode... I don't know. I don't even. I'm losing track of them, honestly. Hey, Whoops. ladies, are you looking stop, for stop, a stop. podcast? No, no, that no. We're not. Been... I was just checking the thing, and then it's auto plays. Okay, that was like episode 47, I think. Something like that. I'm losing track. Rusty Smackleford is currently uh, up 38 percent, slight lead over Hinkle McCrinkleberry. Uh, so whatever Rusty's doing to sway the votes is working. Let's open up the phone lines. Uh, if you want to call in, phone lines are open. We'll, we'll chat with you for a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna smoke some weed now. I think it's time. I got my little weed pen thing. Mm. It's clogged. All right, maybe not. Uh, all right, phone lines are open for a little bit. That was I don't even know what episode that was. Uh, I'm losing track. I'm very disoriented. All right, we got a call. See who this is. Hello. Hey, buddy, it's me uh, from South Carolina. What's... I'm drunk as fuck, and I'm checking back in, buddy. I'm yeah. still rocking with you. All right, yeah, I'm, um, I'm. I got the weed pen out. I've had enough of the queens, to be honest. I don't know what I was thinking 
that I was going to listen yeah. to these chicks all day on Christmas. Maybe this is, do you think this is maybe I'm like self punishing myself uh, for the Jews killing Jesus? It's a hundred percent, some kind of self hate that's, mm-hmm. you know, it relates to like the way the, they supposedly the Romans, you know, stabbed Jesus in the side with the spear and gave him. Yeah. Anger, so I, guess I know that's what I'm saying. This you. is payback right here. You know, and I respect that. I respect a man that can give himself his own self hate and punishment rather than letting society do it for him. So, Fuck yeah, brother. Yeah, that's something. All right. Who you? you, you yeah, I don't even know what to say at this point. Um, you're who did you vote for again? For, I, I voted for Trump, of course. No, you know I mean? in the but poll. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this. Trump. Next. Well, yeah. that's the first time I ever voted. In your and life? the next How time around, you? I ain't voting for none of these fuckers. I'm 28. Oh, okay. That's it. You're done voting. Next time around, fuck that shit. I see it for what it is. Come on, it's bullshit, brother. Well, all right, fair enough. Well, I mean, and you know, I always uh, kind of, whenever Norm Macdonald would talk about the way he would view voting, is like, yeah, we're voting on a bridge somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Canada. It's like, that kind of really puts it in perspective in a beautiful way. So it's kind of like, fuck it. Yeah, just whatever. I mean, sometimes yeah. it matters, though. You don't want to be, you don't want to be too disillusioned on it all. Um, it's kind of hard to do for sure you know what i mean but uh and it's a weird balance too because you're putting all your effort into living a normal life you're doing all your normal shit and then it's like you have to care about this other bullshit that's off to the side completely disassociated from normal life yeah weird as fuck um all right cool buddy yeah it was good talking to you what was your name again Andrew from uh, Glock him down as my Glock him down. Oh, comment. Glock him down. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah now that's we me know how to talking fu- shit. Yeah, yeah, that's you talking shit. But I fuck with you, brother. I love talking to you. Appreciate so. you. Doc. I've been watching for a long time. Oh, thanks, man. Merry, yeah, Merry Christmas, Andrew. Glock him down. Yes, sir. Take care, bro. You, you absolutely beautiful Jewish bastard. You have a good one. <laughs> Thank you. These hats are lit, though. By the way, this this fucking this is the greatest hat in any uh, any religious ceremony that exists. Not a religious ceremony. I know it's not really technically religious. Uh, the goob says check my email. Uh, we're gonna do. It on, we're gonna watch it on the break, goob. I think. I, I think I saw your email. Um, you know what? Maybe we'll take a break. Maybe we'll take a little break uh, from uh, from the queens, and we'll watch goob's video. Should we watch goob's video? Let's watch goob's video. Why not? Let's do it. We need a break from the queens, right? We'll watch Goob's video. It'll be a little palate cleanser. Um, there are some rooms. Okay, this is the full. This is the full thing. Uh, hold on, let me just resize. Uh, I got I got dual monitors going today for the first time ever. So this is causing me some problems. Oh, whoops! That's not what I want to be doing. Uh, I want to be resizing this window. All right, we lost the poll. My bad. I'm not allowed to use this window. Whoops. Uh, please bear with me while I figure this shit out. You'll see the uh, quality of the stream really go downhill after the weed and has been introduced. But it is Christmas after all. All right, let's watch this video from the goob. Rumors going about. What is going on? I barely know. I was on drugs when I thought of this. I have to make some nasty accusations here, Danny. Okay. I know I might be biased because I'm I'm involved. I deny these accusations. That's the stupidest 
thing I've ever heard of in my life. The Goob here. What's up, everyone? And Merry Christmas, because fuck Merry that Christmas. Happy Holidays commie gobbledygook bullshit. This is America, and we're goddamn patriots in this house. Today, <coughs> I bring you a story. Uh-oh. A story of a streamer who made a game <laughs> for his fans with the promise of financial gain that quickly <laughs> turned to scandal and left everybody. I would just like to add that I have the receipts that I paid out Anthony Fauci. $50. I got a photo of the Beagle. With just one question. Um, I just want to know, who the hell is Eric? Who is it? So who is Eric? Well, I will say this. Eric DM'd me on uh, Patreon, and then I responded back, and then he never responded back. paint the stage for you. See, this all started just like any Eric other low-value mail stream on December 20th, 2022. And then Danny said he had a surprise announcement, a game that he had been developing for us fans. And even better, we could make money while playing. <laughs> the game seemed simple enough at first. I will say, the way Goob is laying this out makes me seem like quite the villain here. <laughs> and he would randomly choose three people. This is like the coffee, this is like Goob is like Coffeezilla and he's taking well, me down. we, the audience, would vote on who got to keep the money. What could go wrong? But the red flags quickly started rolling in. Let's take a look at how Danny randomly chose the contestants. First contestant is... The first person to write the word first, all lowercase with a capital T. I did fuck this up. Danny used a similar method to choose the second I did and third fuck them. contestants as yes. well. Keep this in mind for later. But right now, let's just focus on who the <laughs> contestants are. We got William Trump. See, this is why I love conspiracy-minded people. Because you could take anything and then you could make it. Because Goob's obviously really into conspiracies. And if you have that like conspiracy mind, it's a very imaginative person, Fresh. you know? Anthony Fauci. I'll be right back. And our third option is Eric. So we've got William Tresh, a familiar name among the low-value males and a well-respected member, followed by Anthony Fauci, who you either love him or you hate him, but everyone knows him. And finally, Eric. Just Eric. As far as I know... Eric has never made an appearance on any of Danny's shows. Agreed. He has absolutely no name recognition. Who is Eric? And yet, as you'll see, he took an immediate lead in the poll. Uh, I would just like to say, away. I would just like, just one thing I notice here. See, listen how he says. As you'll see. Hold on. He took an immediate lead in the poll. Never on. made an appearance on any of Danny's shows. He has absolutely no name recognition. And yet, as. See, he said yet, but it sounded like he said yet as in he made this might be russian disinformation is all I'm saying. he took an immediate lead in the poll eric is running away with it not running away with it but he's got 52 percent. so we hear from william danny it's william and then from tony danny this is anthony fauci and both made compelling arguments during their campaign but where is eric where is the eric? show drags on and still we haven't heard no eric not even anything in the chat. Still nothing from Eric. The silence is deafening. So how is he able to maintain his lead this entire time? It's 37% for Eric, 34% for Anthony Fauci, 28% for William. Eric, just an update, 37, 37% for Eric. Eric is still leading. Well, let's take a look at how Danny ran this election. 
Of course you're going to vote for Eric. Who else would you vote for? Yeah, Cast your vote. By the way, I made a mistake on this episode because I thought Eric was getting killed out the gate, but he wasn't. Uh, Cast your vote for up. Eric. Seems pretty biased to me. And he even goes so far as to accuse one of the contestants of owning child porn. <laughs> a Tor wallet? T-O-R wallet. Yeah, I know. Hey! It's like when people used to go on the Silk Road and watch hey, child pornography. It's, I'm not wrong. At this point, pretty much everybody <laughs> began to suspect that something was up. But what exactly was going on? And who and where was Eric? Well, the answer to all of that is that Danny got greedy. <laughs> See, this game had a significant cash prize. 50 big ones. But Danny couldn't compete in his own game. Or could Remember how Danny selected the contestants? First contestant is the first person to write the word first, all lowercase with a capital T. Pretty hard to cheat, right? Unless, of course, you're Danny. And then you already know what word is coming. And it didn't take long for the audience to suspect that Eric was really Danny all along. The whole thing is I lost, even if this was me. I lost. There are some rumors going about that yeah. Eric, who has not been seen or heard from, he has not. is actually you. And this poll is rigged, so you don't have to pay anyone oh. out. And once Danny got called out for this live on air, he started to crack and started admitting <laughs> things that he didn't intend to. So Eric was clearly a psyop. Maybe he was. He just admitted that Eric was a psyop. <laughs> And what's the oh, Eric just this slipped. is like literally half of all YouTube documentaries, by the way. We're one percent. <laughs> Eric has a one percent lead right now. Did he just say we when referring to Eric? And if both of those aren't enough for you, how long does well, it take here you it is plain as usually never in my life am I around another Eric, but right now. Yes, you're around a very prominent Eric. I mean, who is Danny talking about? He's the only person there. I was talking about the royal Eric. He could be the only Eric he's referring to. Danny is admitting that he is Eric clear as day. Clear as day. And there it is. You got me, Goob. 2022. And the answer to who the hell is Eric? It was Danny Polish Chuck all along. Exposed. I hope... <laughs> If you actually watched this entire video, thank you for sticking along with it. We watched it all, Goob. Uh, Goob's been getting into the editing. Good, good for you, Goob. Um, coming along, coming along. Uh, I am not Eric. I cannot. I cannot express how little I am, Eric. I wholly dismiss any claims of cheating, malfeasance, any of that stuff. I'm not Eric. I've never been Eric. Uh, Eric lost. Eric's a loser. Eric is a loser, and I'm not Eric. Anthony Fauci is a winner. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Goob, good stuff. Good shit. Uh, let's get back to the hell. What time is it? It's 2.45 right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good shit. That was on the last episode of Low Value Mail. You can check it on my uh, page. Uh, okay. I Yeah, good stuff, Goob. 
Goob, you gotta you gotta figure out like uh, the edits where you you do like you do some slow mo and you can do like the flashing eyes, maybe some black and white, and then you need the real ominous music. You know the like the really like the horror music that you put behind me as I'm doing stuff. That that's what really sells it. Um, uh, do we want JJ to come? Should I invite JJ to the studio? Oh, we got Chad on the line. Chad, what's up, man? Danny, Mary, should I say everything? <laughs> Don't you get started, Chad? <laughs> hey, Goob. Hey, Goob. That was that funny, was, though. That was fucking great, man. Yeah, that was, was really funny. Like, yeah, Honestly, yeah. a lot of really talented people who are who watch the show, you, yourself yeah, included, man. Wallaby, uh, Goob, many others, I'm sure. Uh, how's, sure. How, how's your Christmas going? Merry Christmas, Chad. Yeah, man. Merry Christmas, man. It's going good over here. What are you getting up to? Uh, well, right now I am rolling up some of the stickiest of the icky. So nice. I'm getting into the weed myself today, although my pen is yes. kind of clogged for some reason. Yeah, I saw that, man. I don't know. The, the pens never was a good, and the pens never really worked for me. Like, yeah, they always got messed up. They're too. They're very convenient. I'll say that. Um, I don't want to smoke because uh, in our studio, I'm like, I don't know if I can just smoke weed in here all day. So I'm just gonna avoid that, no, okay. just so we don't get in trouble. From the man, even though nobody cares in New York. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, of should course. I bring JJ on? I guess I'll see. Hell yeah, if JJ was up there, we have. I mean, we're already having a ball, but you know, yeah, yeah. you know how. All, we, all right, we, I'm gonna fly JJ into the studio. I gotta set up a different green screen for JJ to come here, though. But that's fine. I'm gonna take a little break at some point. I'll do that all then. Um, yeah, how's the song going? The song, man, it's, I don't know. It seems to be, it seems like everybody is enjoying it. Yeah, so. yeah, but like people have been, uh, I, I, you know, I've been pumping it. I've, I've been sending people. Not, I'm, I'm yeah. not paid to do this, too. I'm just, uh, out of the kindness of yes. my heart. I mean, it's a really good song, honestly. Me and my girlfriend were listening to it yesterday. We were. Uh, yeah, man, it's I great definitely. Beat. Great beat. Oh, yeah, by the way, I don't even think I ever talk about the beats. Yeah, who made the beat? But, Did no. you make it? I did make the beat. What's it? Is it like sampled from something, or did you just? Uh, nah, I made that synth. beat from scratch. On yeah, I made synth? it from scratch. Uh, well, it's, it was on. Uh, I used Fruity Loops. Okay, but but yeah, I just used a couple of synths. Uh, matter of fact, the the bass line in that song normally like you would use the eight hundred eight or something like that, but I just used like a really like bassy synth, pretty much. Oh. So yeah. cool. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Hey man, I don't know. I ain't really got too much to talk about. I just saw that call, man. That's, yeah, that's hell yeah, dude. So, what are your plans for the day? What, what are you and Mr. Chad getting up to? Well, shoot, we uh, we already opened some presents. Nice. What'd you get? You know, uh, I shoot. She got me a couple of a couple of different clothes. Like she got me some some sweats. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Shoot. And then uh, we was gonna probably we're gonna watch a movie. You ever uh, heard of CB4? Of course. Are you kidding? Have I ever heard of CB4? <laughs> Dude, that's just, one of know. my favorite movies. I am not going to sing it, but I know, or I used to know, the entire Straight Outta Low Cash. Well, yeah, see, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen the movie in Oh, my God. Time, it's so, so good, you, dude. Oh. I know. But that's what we're going to do today. We're going to watch CB4. Straight Outta Low Cash, a crazy motherfucker it. named Gusto. That's all you get. Um, uh. Dude, Straight Outta <laughs> Low Cash is, I, or CB4 is used to be one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen it in a long time. Chris Elliott in that movie. If you haven't seen CB4, Chris Rock, Chris Elliott, uh, Charlie Murphy. I think that's about it. But Oh, yeah. Char- you know dude, what? Charlie hey. Murphy's MC Gusto. He's the real MC yeah. Gusto. 
Charlie is the goat, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's honestly that is a very underrated movie. Oh, Phil Hartman is in it. Phil Hartman. Let's not forget Phil Hartman. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah Phil Hartman plays like the character. governor. He plays the politician who's trying to shut down CB4. <laughs> that's awesome. And the uh, right. dude, I can't remember who is, but the, the guy who ends up becoming like the black power guy in the group, and he's like the phone sex operator. Oh, dude, that is such a good movie. I have not heard anybody reference that movie in 10 years. I know. Hey, maybe you probably watch it uh, when you when you Maybe. Maybe when I get home tonight. Maybe I might throw on CB4. Where, what's it on? Where do you even find it? Um, I think that they say it's on it's on Hulu. It's on, it's Hulu? on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime. You know what? I honestly might watch that when when I get home. That is yeah, such man, a good movie. Uh, another movie, you know, for me, that's a holiday special. You do you like uh, Major Pain? Of course. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, Major Pain. Major Pain, solid. That's one of my very favorite movies, and I don't know why, yeah, but it seemed like what was the line from it? It's like if he in there, he ain't happy. <laughs> it's so many lines yeah, in that so movie, man. Goodness gracious, that's dude! One of David Reigns is making so many fucking good movies. He's underrated. Do you? Uh, did you like Blank Man? Do you know about I, Blank Man? Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Dude, Blank Man is like one of the craziest, uh, crazy. And he also Blank Man, and then he also did on um, In Living Color. He did Handyman, which was also uh, I don't remember. That. It was the character. He was a handicapped superhero, and he would he would literally did like the thing like this, and you're like you watch it now, and you're like I can't believe this is on TV. I guess it was just like a different era. And he, whenever he goes to fly to like a way, he falls out of the window. Oh, snap. And you know what's crazy? <laughs> I, I, okay, I don't remember. I did watch that, but not as much. But I did used to watch a show called All That. Yeah. On, uh, Nickelodeon. Okay, All That and, I don't remember, yeah. Yeah, and they used to have Kel Mitchell. He used to play a character on there. I think that was inspired by that. It, the name was Repairman. Oh. And he oh. used to. Yeah, anytime he used to come in the room, like something needed to be fixed, he used to like fall out the ceiling. Oh, okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe it was, but yeah, it was a handyman. And if you watch it now, you're like, that's insane. Hey, uh, man, that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. You ever see Meteor Man? I was just talking. Meteor Man. Oh, Meteor Man. I was just talking about this the other day with some comic who knew this guy Robert Townsend who worked with him. Is Robert Townsend? Robert Townsend and Bill Cosby was in it. It was one of the favorite movies when I was a kid too. Meteor Man. Nah, I never heard. I'm not even gonna lie. I never heard of that. Honestly, I, it might be a little too much of a kids' movie to be honest, but it's uh, it's pretty solid. Hey, do you uh, did you ever? Hit, I don't know how we got started on these movies. Uh, stuff, probably because I smoke but, weed. Uh, right, but uh, hey, what's that? It's a it's a famous horrible movie by Bill Cosby, and uh, hey, what is it called? It's it's like. It's, the name of the movie has the number six in it as if it was like connected with the line of sequels. Oh. But it was literally like the only But it was the only ever. one? I yeah, I can't remember. It, it was a terrible movie. As a matter of fact, even when it came out. Someone I said Ghost Dad, and I thought the only one Ghost I know. Dad. It's, oh, was it Ghost Dad? No, there's no yeah, six in it. Yeah, I think it was Ghost Dad Part 6, yeah. No, then, Ghost uh, Dad was, but Ghost, no, someone says Leonard Part 6. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter Leonard fact, no, Six, it was. yeah. Ghost yeah, Dad was there was, was no sex, and Ghost Dad was a great movie. That was when he was still wholesome and shit. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not trying to defame Bill Cosby's <laughs> good name. <laughs> I mean, it's been it's pretty defamed. It's gone. But Leonard yeah, Six yeah. is terrible. Yeah, they said. I mean, essentially, the premise for the movie. I don't know what Bill Cosby was thinking, but it's like it's like the story had already been ongoing, and like the movie was just getting us hip to what was going on. 
because uh, it was already part Leonard six. Leonard Part like, Six is a 1987 spy parody film. It was directed by. Uh, starred Bill Cosby. It was universally panned by critics and has been considered one of the worst films ever made. I've never heard of this. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That I don't know if you like uh if you like horrible movies or stuff. I like do. That. Like I've never. Heard, yeah, I've never heard of this. This is uh, Bill Cosby plays a retired CIA spy who now operates a restaurant. And then the film, according to the opening sequence of the film, the title refers to the idea that this film is actually the sixth installment of a series of films. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're basically saying there's been five of these. I get that that could kind of be. You're like, that's kind of a funny gimmick, but you're like, if you don't pull it off, it's probably just confusing and shitty. Yeah, and I don't think he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, this one I... Maybe I'll check out. this. I bet this seems like the kind of movie that might just be on YouTube. Yeah, I think it is, because I I was watching a little bit of it at one point that it was so confusing. I was just like... But it's actually confusing, because they expect you to know all this stuff that you don't know. I mean, it's like they're they're explaining stuff, but it's just like I don't I don't, I don't honestly. You just got to probably watch yeah. it, man. Cause... okay, all right, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. Okay, we're gonna get back to the show. Thanks, dude. Merry, all right, no m- Merry Christmas, Chad. For sure, Merry Christmas, man. Okay. Um. All right. Uh. Where are we at here? Thirty-seven lies you were taught about men. Part two, the female dating strategy. Check out Leonard Six. CB4 is honestly one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, we got another call. All right. You know what? If people want to call, this is maybe a nice little departure from listening to these fucking clucking hens. Hello. Oh, hey, Danny. What's up, man? What this is, is happening? Merry Christmas. We're here calling from Virginia. Yeah. What's up, dude? Um, just listened uh, to you guys for a long time. Big fan of the, uh, you know, the man. What the fuck am I saying? The boys cast? The boys cast. The man's cast. It's the man's cast starting in 2023. <laughs> you got to grow men. up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dude, uh, so let me just uh, let me just ask you something. You ever heard the saying that you can always like tell if it's a black guy just by the voice, whether you're hearing it on the phone or like a podcast in this case? I don't know if that's a saying. Is that a well, say? maybe amongst us. It... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a say. But this woman with the fucking English accent. This is a black woman, I'm guessing, right? I yeah, guess. yeah, she's Nigerian. Yeah, she she said she said as such many times. Jesus Christ, yeah. the, the voice is just so <laughs> infuriating on this woman. We anyway. actually, from her voice, we've um, are able to tell that she is a uh, person of color and a person of size. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, so these women are all just hopeless. Uh, One of I mean, them has a boyfriend a right watch? now. And is this a hate watch, though? I mean, because because these this women a hate are, watch. This has to be. This has to be. Uh, I don't know what this is at this point. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't even know. I'm, it's fascinating. I gotta say, I've been I don't listening. know what it is. We're just trying I've to been catch listening up. Listening along, it's fascinating, but. You know, I'm a big. I feel like this is like I work in a mine. This is like my mining job. We're like in the. <laughs> this is like a stream mine. Well, what's crazy is I've listened to stand up and comedy stuff and podcasts like this for years. Mm-hmm. You started listening to, you know, for the last year, I've been listening to Owen Benjamin's podcast. How's that? 
It's great, man. Like I, what's crazy is I never fucking heard of this guy. I've been watching stand up since I was a little kid. And the thing is, I'm also super into conspiracy theories and into homesteading. Yeah. And when I found him, I'm like, Jesus, I'm home. Yeah, this is the guy. Everyone, um, what's crazy is that there's a whole movement of people who are, like, I'm from New York. My parents are from India. I'm a Bengali. Okay. Gummy. My parents, you know, are the kind of people who always hired a contractor, a plumber for every little thing, sure. you know? And now you what, know, you're doing it all yourself? Yeah, they hired a guy. They used to hire a guy to fucking plow the driveway and stuff. And now I'm doing it all myself. I bought land in Virginia and I'm doing the homesteader thing myself. I had a home birth, you know. Really? And this is just, yeah, yeah. Because I just like heard about, you know, I've been into the uh, living the off the land, living off the land. I'm going to be dude. I'm going to be growing fucking rabbits for meat. That's like, I, you know what I wonder is probably I don't know if you've ever done your blood work, but I wonder if this increases your testosterone. Probably. Does. I think it would. I think it would. Yeah. You got to you got to not look at porn either. That's the other that thing. Part no getting around that. Are you? Are, yeah, yeah. So, you do you have nobody around you where you live? Well, I mean, listen. I work in Charlottesville, but I live in the oh Charlottesville. In what were you doing yeah. in 2016? How many pairs of khakis do you? I gotta own? tell you, dude, you got the craziest fucking story. Because what's his name? <laughs> the guy, the infamous guy who put together the rally. He, yeah, he Richard in, Spencer. No, not not Richard Spencer. Uh, the, the, uh, the other guy? The, the, I don't know. You forget the fucking guy's name, but he called into InfoWars. Yeah. Because he was trying to get this one uh, city of Charlottesville councilman, Bellamy, thrown out, this like black guy thrown out. And I was like, I remember I called him because he gave his, his name was like Kessler or something. Kessler, he yeah. Gave Isaac his, Kessler, I think is his name. He gave, not Isaac. So I think it was no? something else. David Kessler or, or something. Okay. Anyways, he. Gave his cell phone, so I called him up, and I was like, hey, man, and I'm like, hey, I'd like to help any way I can. And he's like, do you live in the city of Charlottesville or Albemarle County? I'm like, no, dude, I don't. And he didn't know I was like an Indian guy, but, okay. like, I was married <laughs> at the time, and I remember, dude, the day before and the day of, I was like, hey, man, I like to my friends in town, I was like, hey, man, are you guys going to this rally thing? And I was just going to my my wife's dad's house we were doing like a christmas kind of thing and yeah or it, was august. it was august we just we were just going on a family outing i skipped that day dude i've been doing improv for 10 years in charlottesville and one of the you do people, improv comedy yeah i've been doing improv here's, for like uh, here's a setting the unite the right rally <laughs> <laughs> dude so this there's this black dude now this is a black dude into like System of a Down, and who wears like a hemp necklace? Okay, and he was his name's David Von Strawn, Devious. He goes by. Okay, he actually goes and does imp, like a stand up up in New York. He came back to Charlottesville. This is like a very white black guy, and he plays guitar and shit. And this guy, I swear to God, he was next to Heather Heyer when she died, and because of that fucking event, he got super radicalized and only does black theater now. He doesn't do the like improv thing anymore, and he's like, I hope. he fucking hates white people, dude. He hates white people now because of Heather Heyer getting killed. Because he was right there next to Heather Heyer, like literally next to her. Well, she was white, though. She was huh? She was white, though. 
I know, I know, I know. But what, got, a, what a turn this show has taken on Christmas, dude. Um, I'm just saying. I don't know. I just came up yeah, organically, yeah, 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 yeah. and he was David doing improv. improv, dude. He was an amazing improv guy, dude. And There's this no was such like, thing. dude. Okay, well, that's just mean. That's, <laughs> you're doing How dare you? You'd be good at it too, because I hear you with your wittiness. And I your wanted to do horrible. And... I wanted to do horrible improv. No, man, you're fucking charming. Where it's, you where it's really like just the darkest improv, dude. Like dude. Where all the settings are dark and like just everything. You make is... the you make the boys cast funny, by the way. You it's I, it's you I, I riffing. You. I mean, we're, right. we're, it's we it's a it's a dual effort. Uh, well, I mean, you're you're dude. You've got the heart of an improv guy. I, I would assume. Take that good. back. I don't mean that as a good thing, okay? It's not a good I mean, thing. Uh, why does everyone say that? Because improv sucks. Uh, well, There's like four people in the world that are good at it. It's a good workout. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, it's fine. What's that guy? I'm sorry. I got the alcohol in me, and my my thoughts about improv are coming out. I apologize. My That's true, okay. My true improv That's thoughts. Just, all well, right. Anyways, I just right. wanted to thank you for all your daily. <laughs> thank you for your service, sir, for listening to this. So we don't. Have to. You do have to though. Just no, slower. we're listening with you. We're, we're, we're doing we're it together. We're in the trenches with you. All right. Well, appreciate. It. What was your name again? Rahul. Rahul Matri. Rahul. Rahul. All right. Dude, Rahul. I was so bummed you didn't come. I went to DC to see uh to yeah, see I wasn't... Ryan. He was like assuming you guys were joined at the hip, but no, no I wasn't there. I go occasionally sometimes, but oh, I'll be in DC at some point. You'll see me, Rahul. Okay. You'll, you'll bring so, me some man. rabbit. You'll bring me some rabbit livers. Dude, I had every one of Ryan's albums i brought in like his uh jo- oh Johnson. i saw a photo of that actually i think oh my god yeah, dude. Yeah. all right rahul thanks dude merry christmas dude. You, you celebrate care, christmas man. no i do yeah oh, do? Fuck okay. it. Oh. America, what are you talking about dude, i love that Oops. shit hell yeah uh yeah. okay rahul merry christmas all right you too man all right phone lines are closed i gotta piss though so uh what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna be right back give me two minutes 